Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Listener discretion is advised. The thing is, I think it, it sounds like one of them's called Lady. I think Kyle would have been excited. He has a bitch in his room. It is the bitch. <laughs> lady is an adorable old dog. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I love how he defends the dog and not himself. <clears throat> That's speciality for it's, you. It's because it's because <laughs> it's because Lady is my dad's favorite between my mom's friends' dogs, and she's she's. I thought absolutely you were going to say Lady's your favorite, your dad's That's favorite not, between your mom and the dog. She's so chill Next. and relaxed. She's she's basically. I think it's because she's so old. She doesn't have the energy or anything to be nuts anymore. So she just sits and chills. She's my what type flavor? of dog where she does what? fuck all. Yeah, dogs all. I don't know what type of dogs they are. I don't, I don't know what right. dog types. And I think one's a pug cross of something. Oh, like Jesus it's just Christ. Been preg- oh, it's just been pregnant, dog. so it's fat as fuck. Does it look like it's running into a wall? <laughs> Fucking head pugs. You have, you do, Jay, most of your it's, dogs it's... basically look like big-ass pugs, so you can't say anything. No, 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 bulldogs. <laughs> bulldogs are... Proper dogs, pugs, or rats on leashes. It's it's been a f- it's a it's a female, but it's called Sebastian because the owner really wanted to call a dog Sebastian and didn't <laughs> give a fuck what gender it was. What that sounds like something you would do to me, man. <laughs> no, I would I would give it a proper name. If it's a male, then you call it Sebastian. If it was a female, it would probably get called something like Elizabeth. I want to you know oh, I I, I want to give my dog like a proper like normal name. Well, like dog, like not like Dave. Dave. And then when it misbehaves, up and shout, D- call it David. And give it a pseudonym. <laughs> Dave, come here, you David. Know. I, I can imagine you having a dog called Jeff. Yeah, my name's Jeff. Shout Jeffrey in it. Yeah. Oh, well, I right. get a parrot and call it Jeff, and then make it say my name is Jeff. <laughs> my name is Jeff. Right. <laughs> 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 My name's Jeff. You know, for a fact, you ask, if you ask him to do it, he'll learn the response of fuck you back to you. Nina said, if we're getting a parachute, yeah. she wants to play a rap music to it, so that I just swears at everybody all the time. Because we're watching <laughs> we're watching a thing, and it was like the funniest, like, parrots like, swearing at people and stuff like that. But one of the funniest ones was like, uh, obviously, they must play like rap music all the time. It was like a black family in America. And obviously, they call each other N word all the time and stuff like that. And uh, fuck you recording this. <laughs> And uh, yeah, it, it was saying it to them. It was like, "What you talking about?" And then saying them, saying it to them and stuff, and like arguing with them. It was really funny. Wasn't there one where it was um, um, it was like a magician's pet or something, or like a celebrity's pet? But it used to swear nonstop, and it got escorted away from the funeral because it wouldn't stop swearing during the procession. From what funeral? The funeral What's... of like the, the it was like a celebrity's funeral, and the parrot was the dead guy's pet, and the parrot just kept on swearing all the way through the funeral, so they had to make it leave the funeral because it just kept on swearing all the way through. It. No, 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 that'd be me. <laughs> it would. What you having a parrot? That's... Yeah. Is it just me or is Stefan vanished? I think Stefan just vanished. No, I'm still here. Oh, there we go. It just sounded like you you sort of vanished away from everybody. You, you sort of went <laughs> up a mountain. 
Yeah, no, I was busy changing batteries, so I leaned, I think, on my mic, my shoulder, covered it. Oh, fair do. Lads. Yes. I've got a cup of Assam tea here. I'm going to see what it tastes like, because it's meant to be strong and malty black tea, so I don't have any milk in it. Before you did that, before you do that, even, what do you think of chamomile tea? Chamomile tea is fucking horrible. I tried I tried some the other day and it tasted like a fucking car air freshener left out in the sun too long that's had all of its fucking fragrance pulled out of it. And like you decide, let's see what it tastes like, you shove it in your mouth, and it's just rotten fucking leaves and fruit and you know the old pe you know old <laughs> folks home going. smell. Old folks home smell where yeah. they've got air fresheners and stuff, but it doesn't help, it just makes it worse. <laughs> That's what it tastes like. It's like if you try to put that in a fucking cup of tea. Hold on. I can't get my so head So every single coffee, oh, sorry, every single tea you do not like is reference to some sort of out-of-date air freshener for you. Can we just point not, out, I don't know why. Not, not every taste, single one. He's been tasting car air fresheners and he's just said that Camwell tea tastes like how old people smell. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. It, no, it 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 does. You know, you know how you know how like a certain percentage of your taste, of your taste is actually your smell. So a lot of your yeah, okay. what you taste is just your smell. But that's what it's like. Right. It's as if you've basically sat there, went into an old folks' home, and just went. Ah. <laughs> yep, that'll you, do. That'll you, that'll make a good cup of tea. Which you do do quite often, to be fair. No, I don't. I've never. <laughs> I've I've been in an old folks' home like twice. And he got escorted out both times. That's before the, um, he was talking about the bitches. <laughs> yeah. Actually, the, the last time I went to an old folks' home, I met, I met this old old man oh, who was no. absolutely brilliant because he was just insulting every. He was wandering behind someone who was walking slower than him. And he's the envisionment of me when I'm older because he was just sat there sticking his fingers up at him from behind saying, Will you move, hurry up and move? Why are you taking so slow? I've got places to be. In a fucking old folks home, it's this guy, this old guy hanging onto a rail and walking down while he's just stood behind him on a Zimmer frame, telling him to hurry up. Hey, lads, Jordan. Oh, I've got Earl Gritty. Stefan. Yeah. Kyle. Of course. Hello. Yes. Hello. Today is Friday the fourth of December. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Right, Tuesday, the 1st of December, is our one-year birthday. It's one our one-year anniversary. One anniversary. So, happy birthday to us. In the past year, we didn't record for six months. Being taken off so many social media platforms have given you professionalism at its worst. We've given you technical difficulties, ate and let you listen to some of the disgusting sounds of food in our mouths, gained and lost a host, bullied each other, and Jay ended up shagging our first ever female listener. So here's to another year, to our two-year-old birthday. Well, you ended up getting engaged to the first ever female listener. Can I just point out as well, yeah, you were with the female listener before she was a listener of ours. Don't just say that you've been a predator here. Yeah, don't make it sound like someone commented on a video or something. You tracked them down, shagged them. Yeah, because we all know that's going to be Kyle. Thanks. <laughs> so, before we start the podcast, we'll, do we like to announce our Twitch channel? Yeah, we do have a Twitch channel. We'll we accidentally have... Twitch Jay's nipples twice. Because <laughs> we don't know what the fuck we're doing. <laughs> 
Oh, fucking hell. I've got to find the fucking details for the Twitch channel. Hold on a second. Right, okay. We have you a Twitch it. channel. <laughs> it's it's called... It's I've got a folder <laughs> on my phone that's got all the details of shit, okay? It's called Taken Off Air. We are on Twitch as Taken Off Air, all one word with a capital T. And it... So far, all it's got is a 30-second clip of Jay talking about boobs because Stefan accidentally clicked a conversation <laughs> in a two-hour stream. <laughs> Everyone loves to pay gold titties and name more than my titties. I love how you just give yeah, up but, in the middle of that. Great work. Yeah, but yeah. yes, um, we now so, have a Twitch, and I also figured out that because we missed six months of recording the podcast during this year, our one-year anniversary, you should have 52 episodes, but you've got 25 because we're dumbass shit. Because we're the worst podcast on the internet. Well, not the least popular, though. You know, we do have listeners, so... Yeah, we've yeah. got listeners. So we're, 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 we're doing something right. Yeah. Geographically, um, most of our listeners are in the UK, America, and Ireland. And we've got a few in Germany and a shit ton in India for some reason. Is it, it just all the call centers listening to shit to get through? Oh, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> India has a lot of people, not all of them at call centre scale. <laughs> I know, some of them make curry and sit on top of the Curry's British. We took all their spices and just made something with it and then said it's from that. How the fuck we, have we, we not we, been taken off air of the shit we come out we, with? We called in a third world country last week. No, we have been taken off air. That's where the You're name half. came from because we got took off of two different platforms. We'll just point out that we're going invited Amazon, taken off Amazon, then put back on Amazon before we even knew what had happened. <laughs> yeah, we didn't even realise we were on Amazon until I Google until I was just on Google one day and accidentally discovered that we were still on it. <laughs> yeah. But you have to go through Audible to listen on Amazon. So you have to have an Audible account. So anybody who's trying to anybody who wants to listen on Amazon, anybody who has an Audible account that listens to audiobooks. While you're relaxing in between audiobooks, or you've yeah, just finished, or you, you you've you've <laughs> just finished that book, and it was absolutely amazing, and you need something to take your mind off the fantastic finale. Come and listen to our shit. Yeah, or you've 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 uh, you know listened to a book that stimulated your brain, and you know you've learned something. Come and listen to us. I like to point out we are, we are not endorsed or sponsored by Audible. But 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 also, Stefan, when you yes. when you say when you've went somewhere enriching and you've learned something, people do learn stuff from our podcast. It's just useless Maybe shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, one of these days, one of these days, and in the long, in like the future somewhere. Mm-hmm. Someone's going to win a shit ton of money on a game show. And they'll be like, oh, where do you, how do you know all these, <laughs> some of these idiots? <laughs> we listen to four daft cunts in the northeast of England. <laughs> of course, that's how most knowledge has gone. If you it? ever win a game show and win a shit ton of money because of us, please send us the money. <laughs> Jay, oh, I've just realised. I've just realised. You know how it's the old thing of you go to a bar and there's an old crony telling tales and stories, or there's like a pub quiz of useless knowledge. Are you calling That's Jane a woman we, right now? We, I mean, we've we've made we've made the fucking pub convo into a podcast. We have. That's all it is. <laughs> We've just gotten all the useless shit you can learn in a pub and put it on air. 
Yeah. And the best thing is you don't you don't oh, need to, you go. don't need to go out and socialise with people <laughs> for, for this kind of conversation. I know. Since I'm since I'm teetotal, I don't need to drink in order to have this type of conversation. It's brilliant. No, drinking always makes it better. <sighs> drinking makes life better. Uh, alcohol makes everything better. I will say, if we get endorsed by anybody, I want it to be tea, so I get free tea delivery. No alcohol. I want oh, I want I want to be the most British podcast in the world and be endorsed by fucking tea. I want to be endorsed by Taylor's or Yorkshire Tea or Tetley or someone. Just fucking oh, send fuck me tea. whiskey. Jack Daniels. Yeah, whiskey. Famous what? gals. T- Taylor's of Harrogate. I've got a I've got a pack of their sorted specialty teas right here. They've even, I have no idea that they existed though. That's the thing. They've Bro. even they've, they've even put on right by appointment of to HRH, the Prince of Wales, suppliers of beverages, tailors of Harrogate, North Yorkshire. They've got the fucking weight of the tea bags. It's net weight three point eight zero ounces. Sorry, three point eight ounces or one hundred and eight grams. They've got the weight of forty eight tea bags on this box for some yeah, Most of the most tea boxes do. You know, you know Why what I find weird in the layer. Oh, you know what I find quite hilarious. Hi. No, not cow. It's the <laughs> fact that most tea manufacturers in Britain are from Yorkshire. Yorkshire it's tea. because Yorkshire is the fucking Yorkshire. home of tea. No, it's not the home of tea. They've got, right? no, if they've you got nothing better to history, do. If you search up the history of tea, it comes from China. tea is actually a China invention. A man was sat under his um, tea in his garden underneath a tea tree. Tea tree? Tea tree, that's it. You can't drink that. You can't drink A leaf fell in because they drank warm, they, they drank warm water in China because they're fucking weird. A tea leaf fell into the fucking water and the guy drank it thinking ooh actually this is a good thing and then Britain colonized Britain went in who were like nope no it's ours Jay what? D- d- hold on a second d- didn't did you just say all... Britain colonized somewhere? Um, um, sure yeah <laughs> no, that, that's, that, that's a surprise uh, we would never do that um, I'm pretty sure that the water was all I get the feeling the water was already flavoured with something because I'm sure they used to flavour it with something already it was like they would have like bits of fruit or something in it, I think, and then tea just sort of amplified the flavor or some shit. I like Jay's version because it's literally a guy sitting drinking a cup of warm water, and then a leaf fell in. He was like, literally anything is better than drinking just hot water. It's the Chinese. It's the Chinese. It's the Chinese equivalent of Isaac Newton getting hit on the head with an apple. I mean, not yeah. really. Kind of. That's it, it didn't hit him on the head, did it? it, it, it I, I, I like. Might have been the dandruff like it with the flavor. <laughs> <laughs> God's sake. We'll just point out I'm that coffee's better. Invented by dandruff. And you used to eat I coffee can't... before you drink coffee. You know I can't that? stand coffee. Low well, because you're worth it. You, you used to... It's like fucking tobacco. You can get chewing tobacco and stuff. I'm sorry, but who wants to chew tobacco? Uh, you say that, but it sounds better than just inhaling lung cancer for the rest of your life. It is. Um, chewing, um, chewing tobacco is actually not that bad. It's just fucking but expensive. Surely you're getting the nicotine out of it without the fucking tar and bullshit that kills you. It takes, it takes a fucking ages for the nicotine to actually hit your bloodstream to get you the back of us or like the nicotine hit that your brain really needs. So it, it, it's a slow process to get off from actually smoking. 
Please don't say get off while referring to smoking or chewing fucking yeah. nicotine, especially oh, when all I've possible. got, especially when I'm well, sitting here about to say that I, I can't stand anything in my mouth that I can't <laughs> swallow, whether it's fucking chewing gum or nicotine. It's, is, is that why your ex left you? Because you wouldn't go down on her? No, because he kept swallowing. <laughs> God's sake. But no, like it's it's like chewing gum and chewing tobacco and stuff like that. I can't have it. Because I don't like anything that I can't swallow. Like, if it loses flavour and I have to spit it out, that's too much effort. You know what I was reading to think? Kyle, this is a Russia fact. In Russia, you know, like, yes. poorer people and stuff, they'll have, like, yes. a chewing gum. So that you'll eat chewing gum that's got no flavour. And then, like, when you're finished with it, you'll then pass it to someone else. So you'll, like, pass it to me. Because when you've uh, when you've got it in your mouth and you're eating it, when it, you think it's lost flavour, it's actually still got flavour. It's just that your mouth's used to it and you can't taste it. So they actually like pass it on. That sounds disgusting, and I would does, never do it in it my. It does sound life. disgusting, but at the same time, it does sound right. Like, you know what I mean? It's the you type do, you of do it, adapt it, to things. It 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 is so. It is quite good adaptation. Should please and like oh no, it's my last one. Because if you so after you spit it in my mouth, yeah. Because if you were at school and you said, "Oh, can I have a chewing gum?" and that, and then someone spat it in your mouth. <laughs> I'll admit, I never, I'd never asked anybody for chewed. The hot sweets, the cinema hot things, cinnamon. not the cinema, the cinnamon hot things, <laughs> like the little hot balls that you could have, which basically was like chili in your mouth. We Are you on about have... aniseed balls? No, because it's literally it's cinnamon balls. All oh, right, okay. It's it's Come it's like an, it's like aniseed balls, but they're really spicy, and they used to burn the inside of your mouth. Uh-huh. And you would basically you would set each other challenges in the class. You would you would have them in the class, despite the fact that the box rattled like a bitch for some reason. You only ever got found out like half the time, but yeah, you would like sort of pass them between you and the person next to you, and you would see how many you could put in your mouth before you had to spit them all out because your mouth was on fucking fire. <laughs> I remember someone. I remember someone's lips swelled up like mad because they just had. They, ju- they were just holding it in the lips, and it ju- the lips just kept on swelling because it was basically having chili on your lips. Talking about stuff in school, um, do you guys remember brain liquors? Yes, I saw them yes. the other day in the shop. And I was going to get them. I used to love them. Don't get them because I saw when I saw them. I was like, oh my god, they're back! Yeah. I got one, and like literally, it hasn't got the sugar as it used to. Why? That's because it used to just be sugar. How can it not have the sugar if it was just sugar? It was basically sugar in a fucking tin with a rollerball. Because our government is shit and attacks sugar to um, avoid obesity. I'm going to buy a load of bread as go throw them at the government. <laughs> I saw something actually <laughs> earlier. It was um because it's on the subject of healthy eating. It was a TV program ages ago on BBC of Jamie Oliver showing a bunch of kids the bits Jamie of chicken that goes in chicken fuck nuggets. Jamie Oliver. Wait, yeah, if I, th- this if is if a I fuck Jamie assassinate Oliver. one person, Jimmy Oliver is the person I'll assassinate. I the hypocritical fat cunt. <laughs> I will happily <laughs> shoot him in the eyes with but no, right? It, it was the whole thing of it, it was it was it was showing school kids all the shit that's in chicken nuggets, like the scrap parts of chicken and stuff. And oh, that video, and he oh, would you still eat this? And I was stuff. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's like he's like. So you've seen what you've seen what's in it? Would you still eat it? And it's like, yeah. And then the entire entire like thread on the internet was basically going, well, of course you would. This is why you're a shit chef, because you don't use all of the animal. It's still got nutrients, and it's still good meat, so you might as well use it, just because it looks gross. Fuck how, you. Do you, 
at the end of the day, right? Um, I don't know if this is true or not, but someone needs a fact checkness, live fact checkness. Stephen, Stephen. Jordan, that's your job. Stefan, because I've got I've got this week's topics open running, so Stefan. Uh, correct me if I am wrong. I am more likely wrong. I'm always fucking wrong. I don't even know. Don't like, if it's yeah. Lord the Rings related, you usually bang on the money, but that's because you're obsessed. Yeah, that's an obsession. Ash, don't tell Ashley I'm always wrong, but there you go. Basically, Jimmy Oliver did a campaign a few years ago about food waste. Yeah. Yeah. He wastes more food than anybody. Yeah, he does. It's the fact, like, he says, oh, this shit shouldn't, shouldn't be in chicken nuggets. I said, well, where else is going to fucking go? I mean, you, all you need to do is watch one of his cookery shows, and you can see how much he chucks away of the ingredients he uses. All the ingredients yeah. that, he, that he chucks away could be used to make stocks and all sorts. Are you ready? Stock, soup. So, sorts. how to reduce food waste, Jamie Oliver? It says, 10 most wafer, wasted foods in the UK household. Potatoes, fresh. I'm guessing if they get thrown away, they're not fresh. Because <laughs> why would you throw fresh potatoes away? Uh, I, think, bread I and, think it's the fact that a lot of people yeah. make chips and stuff and make too many and then end yeah. up throwing away the chips, that type right. of thing. Before you go on to the next food thing, you can tell that people aren't like born in a miners area or like an old fashioned mining mining town. The fact that four away potatoes before they go. Hold on. The then. thing is, like when I was younger, I'm sure like my mom used to cut half the fucking roots off still waking Oh the I do I, I found one the other day that was growing a root on it and I went and jack potatoes so I cut the root off and just cooked it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> At the end of the day I'm gonna die. I'm gonna die of um enjoying some food. Well, we, we, my stomach must be bulletproof. Anyway we, um, we had a fucking potato in the in the cupboard, and it looked like it was trying to merge with the cupboard. It had fucking tentacles. It said it says bread, milk, and then it says leftover meals in brackets, homemade and ready meals. Now, if it's a homemade meal, I'm on board because you can't heat it up and have it the next day, or you can keep it in the fridge and have it a, a day or two later. Right? Ready meals. I can ready see meals. It says it. on them ready meals. It says do not reheat after cooking. Yeah, exactly. What's he, say, the thing what's about he saying? What's he saying? You should just not have ready and meals unless you know that you're going to eat. Every single ready meal I've ever caught in my life is about half a portion. Yeah. The thing is about ready meals, they're, they're statistically like made to a proportion of how much a normal person should eat and how much, like, on an average <laughs> scale. Well, that's just called me back on them. Right? After he's, he's I have a ready meal, I'm still, I'm still a f- like hungry as fuck. All right. He's called himself. No, no, I, I, no, I, 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 I agree totally because I'm skinny as fuck. I'm skinny as fuck. Well, all know I'm skinny as fuck. I never gain weight while eating or anything like that. But but if if I have one of those like microwavable shepherd's pies or whatever, I basically have to have two of those to feel like I've had a meal. <laughs> and even then, I still end up going in the cupboard and raiding the raiding the biscuit cupboard and shit. Because like I'm skinny, that's why I double up on shepherd's pies. We know it's like it. It doesn't feel like a like. If I'm so skinny, surely my my stomach should no, should require less food than you guys because it's got less muscle and mass to run. It's got less. It needs less oh, he's nutrients. Trying to, he's it, trying to save it. No, it needs less nutrients. <laughs> it needs less fats. It needs less everything. So surely I should I should be fine with sort of a half portion or a three quarter portion of what you guys would need. Because well, it all of... goes up depending on your body size, doesn't it? The more yeah. body mass and body weight you have, the more nutrients and stuff you need to sustain yourself. Yeah, if, but I would but argue if, that... It also how much act, act, how, how active yeah, you are during the I was going to say, it also depends on your metabolism and how active you are. Your <laughs> metabolism could be a lot... Well, probably is a lot higher than ours, so it will automatically just burn fat and nutrients all day, and you might be a lot more active than us. 
What? Kyle's the least active at Nenos. Yes, he I works know. as an IT technician. He sits behind a fucking computer. No, yeah, I do I'm the most active when I'm the flattest. How does that work? I do, You're not the I, most active. I do 11,000 steps a day at work. Thank you, you haven't. Mm. I do 11,000 steps a day at work, thank you very much. I'm not sure to behind a desk constantly. <laughs> 11,000 by morning? <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's before my first cup of, cup of coffee break. <laughs> I do an average of 28,000 steps a day. Good, you need it. Work. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, bitch. I only need to just. I only need to like lose weight before the wedding, and then after the wedding, I can be fat as fuck. <laughs> Is yeah. that all you're doing? You're losing weight for the wedding, and afterwards, you're just splurging. At the end of the day, I don't need to make myself look attractive to the opposite sex when I've already landed what I have. What, what, what I, I mean, trick still tell you to fuck off. Can can we? Just- yeah. I'm- <laughs> She has to, she, she, she has to um, file the divorce papers. So is no, is yeah. anybody is anybody else imagining Jay turning up to the wedding being like a sort of normal size, and then at the wedding meal, at, at, n- no, at the wedding <laughs> meal, at the wedding meal, wedding meal, like after that. the vows and everything, at the actual wedding meal, he just stuffs himself, his belt pops, and the fat belly just explodes because he's been <laughs> sucking it in all day. Probably kilt explodes off and pigs across the room. Yeah. Oh, I'm sat there, me cock, and me belly hanging out as I, I oh, eat. Well, at least we'll only say one. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you know, you know the problem I have with my penis. Well, I don't want to know the problem you I don't want to know the problem you have with your penis. We already know that you got it fucking pierced. I don't want to know more. No, it's not that. It's the fact, like, before it gets excited, it looks like a sad thumb. For fuck's sake. It's like tiny. It looks like it's completely fucking tiny. I'm sure babies are born with bigger dicks than Don't I Don't say that while I'm eating fucking flump marshmallows. Can I just say to you? I'm completely on board with this because I know exactly what you mean. But as soon as I get an erection, I surprise myself and where the fuck did you come from? And that's because he gets his belly up. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't want to hear about your bloody crotch. So basically, I'm a dog because, like, my penis hides inside you got me somewhere. Like, <laughs> when it comes out, it's, it's just like okay, it, it's gone from like an inch, like a half an inch to an inch, uh, inch <laughs> to like a full eight inches. It's like, well, <laughs> no, no, right? <laughs> somebody, somebody's gonna cut that clip and go. I surprise myself, and then get the bit where I go. He goes as soon as it comes out, it goes from like half an inch to an inch. <laughs> yeah, please, someone cut that and send it to me. But I'm, I'm amazed you haven't just sent us a picture of your cock with like a tattoo on it at some up. point. Don't I can't find Kyle. a tattoo. It's a tattoo of my penis, so I'm gonna save up. Oh, apparently, if you do, you know, Jay gets excited. <laughs> I, I, I heard, I, I heard Jordan there. Jordan, Jordan, Jordan appeared just to tell me to not give Jay ideas. I love it. I'm saving my money up, and I'm gonna actually you know what. I'm gonna ask my parents for a tattoo gun for Christmas, so I can tattoo me on dick. Oh, for fuck's sake. Tattoo your own dick? Yeah. Why? I'd recommend... I'd, 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 I'd recommend... I've actually asked my tattooist to tattoo my cock. Jay. I won't tattoo your cock, but I'll tattoo you, I'll tattoo you Gooch. Jay, I'm going to make this go. Jay, <laughs> I've, got, I've got two requests. Stop talking about yes. your cock. <laughs> no, the, the, the first... Re- wait, three requests. And the first request... <laughs> practice before you do anything the second request please don't turn your cock into fucking pickle rick because i know you're tempted and <laughs> third request please stop actually talking want, about i was it. actually gonna i was gonna I was, I, I, i'm debating on either turn into a banana or 
Uh, I get this. Have a W and an anchor. William Anka. No, yeah. Wanka. Oh, do you remember <laughs> Captain Pugwash when you had Master Bates? Yes, and Seaman Stearns. Just tap. It does, yeah, Stephen Stains. Does tattoo no? St- yeah. Does tattoo Master Bates on me cock and Stephen Stains on me fucking Stephen, no, Stephen. Stephen Stains. like Sailor, not Stephen. You and Ashley need my. Ma- no, what you can do is get get a tattoo above your above your cock saying shipping, and then a tattoo above your arse saying receiving. <laughs> That's actually a really good idea. Uh, shipping and receiving boys. Uh, right, okay. Shall we move on to something please, that yes. doesn't involve this? Yeah. Although, although I did, I did find a topic ages ago that sort of goes on to it because it's all about oh, female breast it. sizes. <laughs> Boobies. Shall Shall I talk about that, or shall I move on to something like the innovations of man that is absolutely amazing, or the OP stories <laughs> of war people? I think you should talk about boobies. I think because Jay's trying to talk about boobies, we should. Yeah, let's talk about boobies. Everyone loves tits. Even go- even gay people. Is that why you're trying tits. to ignore them? Right, I'm I'm I'm, 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 I'm gonna move on. I'm gonna move on from one addiction to another. So from I'm, I'm, I'm so I'm going I'm gonna move away from that and tell about the story of an unforgettable soldier. No, I'm I'm gonna talk <laughs> that's, about. That's good for you, Jordan. Hi. I've been drinking, right? I need to, I need to uh, find it. Give me one second, because he's a fucking famous soldier. Right, okay. This is the story of Emo Koivunen. Right. He was a Finnish soldier in World War Two, and the first Ooh. documented case of a soldier overdosing on methamphetamine during combat. Oh, I thought it was. Uh, it's oh, me, this well, I thought it was the Russian sniper guy who got shot. Did you have you seen that one? You have to look at that one after. I think I've seen this one, but this is. Was he the white death? Yeah, the white, white. Some of it was white. Some he used to hide. Silent death, white death or something. Yeah, he used to hide in the snow and snipe up people. Uh, and he was, he's was he got the most confirmed kills at any sniper. The, the thing is, the shot. thing about him. And then he got shot yes. because somebody's seen the glint off his scope and it blew half his face off and he's still alive. That's why, the thing is, is no, I'm sure he didn't have a scope. No, he did. Oh, I'm thinking. That's how he got shot because someone's seen the scope, blew the glint. No, I think you've got a mixed story between the Black Feather, the Black Feather, the American sniper. He was a good, good shot, and he killed someone from like half, like a mile away because he saw a glint. Simo Haya is the most famous what? sniper in the world Thanks. during during the winter war fought between Russia and Finland in nineteen thirty nine to nineteen forty. He had five hundred and forty two confirmed kills with iron sights. I did. If you're going to attack, and like even as Russia, if you're going to attack anyone, Finland, surely Finland is the only country that gives less of a shit than Russia. It was another like, fucking all hard No, it was another fucking Finnish guy. So the, so far, these two fucking badass guys are both Finnish. He he used a fucking a version of the Mosin-Nagan and a submachine gun, and he's believed to have killed over five hundred men. Uh, hold on a second. Uh, his diary, which covers his experiences in the Winter War from the 13th of November 1939 to March 1940, was accidentally found by those who had studied his war history. It had been hiding in an old drawing box for decades. Uh, it was How did you accidentally in... find what you're looking for? I was looking for that. Oh yeah, but I accidentally just found it. 
He was nicknamed the White Death by the Red Army. During the war, the White Death was one of the leading themes of Finnish propaganda, and the Finnish newspapers frequently featured the invisible Finnish soldier, thus creating a hero of mythical proportions. Uh, all of Haya's kills were accomplished in fewer than 100 days, an average of five per day at a time of year, with very few daylight hours. His kill count on it as a sniper was based on Haya himself, with the confirmation of his comrades, and only those who were killed for certain were considered. So it's the fact of his count might be higher, but it's only the confirmed kills that are known. Uh, yeah, so hold on. So then surely it's 500 and 500 confirmed kills. They said it was estimated kills. But it's not estimated if you confirmed it. Also kill, also men killed with a submachine gun. So these are only the ones he's done by a, by a sniper rifle. All the ones that he killed by his machine gun being a squad leader. Or when he was sniping as part of a sniping group. Didn't count because they didn't know whose bullet would have killed them. This is when he went solo. Yeah. <laughs> he achieved yeah. his highest daily count of 25 kills on December the 21st. Yeah, fuck off. Someone stop tapping a fucking ball. That's um, that's a good Christmas present to yourself. I'm 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 trying to see, but uh, he begins by in his diary. He begins by stating that this is his sin list. So he's he literally called it his sin list. Do 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 do. He preferred iron sights over <laughs> telescopic sights as they enable a sniper to pres- to present a smaller target for the enemy. A sniper must raise his head a few centimeters higher when using a telescopic sight uh, and can be relied on even in extreme cold, unlike telesco- telescopic sights which tend to cloud up in cold weather and are easier to conceal because sunlight can reflect off telescopic sights. He also did not have prior training with scoped rifles and therefore preferred not to switch to the Soviet scoped rifle. This might be the guy I was thinking of. Did he get shot? Uh, if it's a guy I'm thinking of, he got he, shot. He was disfigured after being shot in the face yes. by a Red Army soldier. Yeah, it is a guy uh, I was thinking of. I thought an, was... ex- an explosive bullet fired by a Red Army soldier hit his lower left jaw. After the battle, Haya was found unconscious and believed dead, and he was placed on a pile of dead bodies. A fellow soldier, looking for him on orders from his commanding officer, noticed a leg twitching among the pile and found him alive. He was evacuated by fellow soldiers who said that half his face was missing. The bullet had removed his upper jaw, most of his lower jaw, and most of his left cheek. Well, put the phone he, he still fought. He regained consciousness a week later on 13th of March, the day that peace was declared. <laughs> He's like, I'm back from the dead, bitches. Oh, he, he, he read about his own death in a newspaper and sent a letter <laughs> to the paper to correct the misunderstanding. He spent 14 months in recovery and uh, endured 26 soldiers. Uh, after his wounding, Haya would have liked to have served in the continuation war as well. However, he was not allowed to because the injuries of his face were so severe. That's discrimination. Uh, he would he would apparently uh, frequently pack dense, mo- dense mounds of snow in front of his position to conceal himself, provide padding for his rifle, and reduce the characteristic puff of snow stirred up by the muzzle blast. He was known to keep snow in his mouth while sniping to prevent his breath in the cold air from giving away his position. 
It also shares a story by him where they caught a Soviet soldier, blindfolded him, spun him dizzy, and took him to the to a party in the tent of Lieutenant Arn the Terror of Morocco, Jutulian, of his company. The Soviet soldier was overjoyed by the carousing and was disgusted when he was sent back. So this guy, the, the captured a fucking Soviet soldier, gave him such a good time that the Soviet soldier was like, can I just stay with you guys? That's finished for you. That's why they're always pissed. Are we secretly finished? Well, because we're always pissed. No, we're not brilliant rally drivers. Ah, uh, we could be. Well, there's enough stuff in this country to practice. I don't know, but he has he has the other Finnish soldiers. So he has Amo Allen Kuvunen. So I'm going to call him Allen. He's from <laughs> he's from Finland. It's the same war. It's 1939 to 1944. Please. It's this basically the same enemies and everything. <laughs> and this is he was a Finnish soldier assigned to a ski patrol on 20th of April 1944, along with several other Finnish soldiers. Three days into their mission, the group was attacked and surrounded by Soviet forces from which they managed to escape. However, after becoming fatigued after skiing for a long distance, but he couldn't stop, he was the sole carrier of army-issued pervitin, or meth, a stimulant used to remain awake while on duty. Either he had trouble pulling out a single pill, which was the recommended dose, so he emptied, emptied the entire bottle of 30 capsules into his hand and took them all. He had a short burst of energy, but then entered into a state of delirium and lost consciousness. He remembered waking up the following morning, separated from his patrol and having no supplies. In the following days, he escaped Soviet forces once again, was injured by a landmine, and laid in a ditch for a week waiting help. After skiing more than 400 kilometres, or 250 miles, he was found and admitted to a nearby hospital where his heart rate was measured at 200 beats per minute, triple the average human heart rate, and weighing only 94 pounds. In the week he was gone, he subsisted only... On the week he was gone, he ate only pine buds and a single Siberian jay that he caught and ate raw. Got a Siberian jay? It's good job it wasn't Indonesian, Jay. I know. <laughs> Fuck off. He ended you know, up, he ended up surviving and died peacefully at the age of because 71. Because Jordan's audio fucked up. I have no reason why. I, I still don't understand why I am Indonesian because you can't hear Jordan at all in that podcast. It's, it's just something. Um, it's basically because the average height of people from Indonesia is like five foot four. Yeah, it's like Indonesia has the smallest average height in the world or some shit like that. So but you no, know, I'm Indonesian. you could be Siberian, Jay, in the winter. Unless you get eaten by a method. Are you <laughs> sure? So this guy was Finnish and not American? Because this sounds American. I'm exhausted, no, guys. I can't even use my hands. Get back here on my meth. No, th- this guy This guy was Finnish and he was fucking OP as living fuck. Uh, I'm trying to find the extra bit because there's a... Yeah, he, he, he went on a rampage. He, ba- he basically got hit... He, this is the thing that I love about it. He was so meth- methed up that he got hit by a landmine, travelled 250 miles, ate pine buds and fucking... Raw, was that how far the landmine blew? Bird, a raw bird that he, that he fucking caught. And then when he made it back to the lines, even after be- spending, like, basically a week afterwards, his heart rate was triple that of a normal person. And if you look at him, I'm going to send you his photo... 
because he looks like the type of guy who has seen God and said, fucking bring it, bitch. <laughs> I've seen God. God didn't come to Indonesia. I'm sending you the image now. He's. It's not just that he's got a thousand-yard stare. He looks like someone who's got a thousand-yard stare. That's went further than a thousand yards, went up to two thousand, then five thousand, then he's basically looked up at God and said, Fucking kill me. You unsent the message. I know because the picture was blurry, I'm getting a better version. <laughs> God damn it, Kyle. There you go. Look at this guy. He looks like he's fucking cross eyed from meth. He's <laughs> got good hair, though. He does have good hair, to be honest. He's. He looks like the original of the Peaky Blinders hair. <laughs> That's his military suit, I'm guessing. Suit up. Yeah. Uh, Jordan's here, everybody. Yay! Jordan is here. Hello. Right. Hi, Jordan. How are you doing? From that, I will move on to the British SAS. In uh, what is what is the best, absolute fucking amazing report ever done by a soldier? Are you ready? No. Yeah. One. Right. Anders Lassen, a Dane from an aristocratic background, was an adventurer and one-of-a-kind warrior. He served in various iterations of the British Special Forces during the war, the first being in number 62 commando special unit within the commandos, better known as the small-scale raiding force. In 1943, he joined the Special Air Service for the famed SAS. Uh, and he be- they all had outlandish characters, <coughs> many of whom would not have succeeded in more conventional units. Nay shit. Uh-huh. Uh, right. This is... He got asked to report on a situation. He replied with five words. Landed. Eliminated the Germans. Fucked off. (laughs) Is this us? That's literally all he did. He he reported back those exact five words. Landed. Eliminated eliminated Germans. Fucked off. Did the Germans fuck off or did he? Hey, I'm guessing he killed all the Germans and then fucked off to wherever was next on the checkpoints. <laughs> uh, he was born in Denmark in 1920 and, like many other freedom-loving people from the nations overrun by the Nazis, fled to England to continue the fight. Uh, he was... I'm trying to have a look. Uh, the early SAS commando units were made from... No- had Norwegian units, French units... Belgian units and Danish units. Uh, there was also the 62 commando unit made up from men from all these countries as well as British soldiers. Uh, and basically, this guy, his unit went into uh, went into Germany. Just wrote that letter. Uh, apparently, an officer once gave his men a dressing down about them having full beards and wearing whatever they, want, whatever they wanted and said, what would the Germans think if they discovered your dead bodies on the battlefield, unshaven? The men simply walked away, not giving a shit. So, yeah, it was typical British special forces. 
not giving a complete shit and just doing whatever the fuck they felt like. Well, I, I have some more army things if you want, and you can Google some names and I'll give you the basic fact and then you can go with it, Kyle. Can do. One of them, right, is Owen J. Baggett. Baggins. For fuck's sake. I knew he was going to do that. Baggett as in B-A-G-G-E-T-T. He became legendary as the only person to down a Japanese aircraft with an M1911 pistol, hitting the pilot in the head while he was parachuting. Yes, I saw that, yeah. It's a... I'm going to share this in the chat. There's actually a photo of him as well with the circles, and you can just see him like aiming at the plane as he's fucking free-falling. Well, yeah, because you might as well. You might as well that do it. That is your right? mentality. Anyone else would be like, oh, fuck, that plane's going to hit when you're like, I'm going to shoot this bitch. <laughs> well, yeah, you've, you, if you've got the pistol and you've got a fucking target, you're going to shoot him. I'd be pissed off that my plane's been shot down. I'm having to parachute. If the plane comes near <laughs> us, I'm going to shoot the shit out of it. <laughs> I've activated Kyle. Like, screw you, yeah. if, if you're going to shoot down my plane and I'm going to have to leave my plane, I'm going to shoot back at you if you come close to us. If you come in range of a fucking handgun to a parachuting person, you're obviously either trying to mow them down or you haven't seen them. In which case, either way, I'm going to try and shoot you back, possibly land on your plane at the same time. Because I'd try and land on his wing just so I could have a steady shot at his face. There was another one, and you have to find this guy, Kyle. This is the thing for you, right? There was a man who fought for Finland, right? Right. The Nazis, the US Special Army Forces, escaped a prisoner of war camp, was pardoned by the President of Finland, and a bronze star and five purple hearts, disappeared in 1965, everyone thought he was dead, and his remains confirmed in 1999. I've got a war story. The fuck? <laughs> so you have to look up for a Finnish man who fought for the Nazis and the US Special Army Forces. Oh, hold on. I think I found him. Yep, Laurie Allen Tawney, later known as Larry Ali Allen Thorne, was a Finnish-born American soldier who fought under three flags as a Finnish army officer in the Winter War and the Continuation War, ultimately gaining a rank of captain as a Waffen-SS captain of the Finnish Volunteer Battalion of the Waffen-SS when he fought the Red Army on the Eastern Front in World War II, and as a United States Army Major when he served in the US Army Special Forces in the Vietnam War. Yeah. And then he just disappeared in 1965 and then just turned up in 1999 while like, his remains did anyway. Oi! Are you who's whistling got, at me? Who's got, who's got audio play about in the background? So I'm just sent I to me cat. Oh, yeah, oh, okay. someone's playing with Baku in here at Edward. Oh, Ashley's, list- uh, Ashley's on a video call upstairs. I can't, I can't see it. You can't I see can't it. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> in, in the 1990s, Tony's name became better known as a war hero with numerous books being written about him. He was named 52nd in the Surat Sumerlist listing of famous Finns. Uh, and... Uh, do, 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 do. But, 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 but. 
Even before his death, Thorne's name was legendary in U.S. Special Forces. His U.S. Memorial is the Larry Thorne Headquarters Building in Fort Carson, Colorado. Tenth Group honors him yearly by presenting the Larry Thorne Award to the best operational detachment alpha in the command. And the Special Forces Association, Chapter 33 in Cleveland, Tennessee, is named after him. And he was named the first honorary member of the United States Army Special Forces Regiment. You learn something new every day. Uh, Jordan, Jordan had a war story. Well, it's more of a survivor from a story from someone that survived Auschwitz. Oh, oh yeah. is this is Anne Frank. Oh, God. No, it's not Anne Frank. Who <laughs> <laughs> said Anne Frank? Jay. You dick. <laughs> the founder in the loft. Boom, 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 boom. This, uh, this person's called Henry Kitschka. He was, he was 90% dead. And was a skeleton. <laughs> what? What? His, <laughs> his foot was still alive. How is he only 90% dead? Yeah. <laughs> That's the headline. I was 90 He's not me. No, you're 100% dead. You just haven't got the sense to close your eyes. Who's I'm opening a wrapper? I'm eating chocolate, but I'm sorry. He's got 50%. <laughs> Okay, so Jordan, is th- is there more to this article? How the fuck was he ninety yes. percent dead? Well, <laughs> that's the best thing I've heard all day. <laughs> the death camp the Nazis built and occupied southern Poland during World War Two was another survivor once told me like a crack in the surface of the earth through which hell could be seen, and a crack in the surface of our common humanity through through which could be seen our capacity for enduring suffering and inflicting it. The, the Henry, how he get out of there. Asked Henry how he lived through it, and his answer still, oh. <laughs> You did not live through Auschwitz. The place itself is death, he tells the BBC 75 years after it was liberated. You had no name in the camp, just a number tattooed on your forearm. There is a chilling moment when Henry suddenly barks out his own number, 17789, in German as he was required to when challenged by the guards. And I'm not saying the Germans thing. Henry was born in Brussels. Jordan, who had... get what? to the part where it explains how he's 90% dead. Uh... <laughs> he's just stopped. <laughs> you don't need to read the no, entire thing. Find the bit where it explains why he's 90% dead. We know about Auschwitz. We've got uh, a fucking I German think... here who was there. I was not at Auschwitz. <laughs> yeah. Ja. He was 90% <laughs> fucking German. Because... He was starved, basically. So he was a skeleton. How was that? That's what I said. Okay, so he was malnourished. Yes. Okay, how mal how malnourished <laughs> do you have to be? Right. Before you're 100 percent dead. <laughs> yeah, but, but please find find this out. How malnourished do you have to be to be classed as ninety percent dead? Did that actually work on percentages or something? Because I I know the whole thing of Auschwitz. They used to work them to the bone, and they used to basically look like skeletons with skin and shit like that. How far did it go to the like? How far so how far was like he you. to be ninety percent dead? Yeah. Was he literally it's unable it. to move and all that sort of stuff, or was he just at the point malnourished? Because I, I want to know how the percentage works. At this point, he was 39 kilograms, 85 pounds. I thought you were going to say he was 85% then. No, he was 
So it was it was it was fifteen pounds less than the Finnish soldier who had a heart rate of two hundred beats per minute and skied two hundred and fifty miles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm Very just much. I'm I'm trying to figure out how you consider yourself ninety percent dead, like how they worked that out. Like was he literally at the point where what he was one meal away from death or something or he died in April twenty twenty. Keep alive. Yeah, he lived a kind of age then. Well done, old man. What was his name? Henry Kitschka. Yeah. Okay, everybody remember Henry Kitschka, the man who was so malnourished that he was that oh, he was ninety percent dead. Can turn this into a war memorial? <laughs> yeah, That's I know. Apparently, I'm going to change it from, an, from a war memorial because oh, he o- he opened a shop with his wife and had he four had? children, nine grandchildren. And fourteen great grandchildren. He's been busy, hasn't he? He's I mean, that ten percent was still well. alive. I think I've worked out which part it was. He was given lectures. <laughs> <in schools. laughs> uh, about how he suffered. How can we turn anything sexual? <laughs> we had like forty grandkids or some shit. Fourteen. Eighteen. Yeah. Same thing. All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna move it on to it's sort of the same as well. It's I do Russia. have more war stuff. Mother can Russia. I do one more war thing before we go to Russia? Because I do have a Russia thing as well. You can do one more war thing about the thing so in then because uh, mine's more like a sort of in weird mystical people going missing type thing. So oh, mine's mine's more a Russian being too pissed to function type type thing. Kyle and Soba. Yeah. Uh, so awesome. during World during World War Two, a German pilot spotted an American pilot's crippled plane in the sky. After tailing it, he noticed that the gunner was dead, the crew was all injured, and that there was absolutely no threat. So instead of destroying the plane, he led it to safety. Four yeah. years later, the two pilots were then reunited. And judging by the photo, I cannot which blue or which one looks American because even the German looks American in the photo. They've been reunited. I've heard the story. I've, I've heard the story before. Yeah, it's be- it's like one of those. Sort of tales of the war where it shows oh. that, but it it wasn't just like every all the Germans were monsters or all the Americans were heroes or anything like yeah. that. It's not just that. It's that plane of black and white. It is they were still human beings. They still cared for life well, and they still cared for each other. At the end of the day, um, throughout both world wars, what you got to remember is the fact that the foot soldiers people that were there fighting the war were just doing so under orders of their country. <laughs> The people who actually started the war and wanted to fight the war were people who were sitting in offices and never actually got involved in it. Exactly. That's the, that's the whole issue. That's the worst thing about wars, the fact that, yes, people say innocent people die, but they usually refer to innocent lives such as civilians and stuff. It's not just the civilians, because the majority of the soldiers... I'm not going to say all soldiers, because there are some that get a kick out of, do, out of doing the job yeah. and killing people and stuff. But the majority of soldiers are just people trying to earn a living wage. The military was the only option, or the last option, or... Or they wanted to do something for the country. Yeah, they just, oh, they just, want, they just want to be patriotic. Or yes, conscription. Some some countries still have mandatory conscription. All that yes, sort uh, my, my granddad I, was in the army for national service, and he stayed in afterwards for a little while. And he doesn't even right. talk about it, really. 
I'm a strong believer that national that national service it should national still service, be a thing. That's a thing. Did I say national security? That's a program. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because like, look at how many youths are coming out of school, coming out of school, thinking a pure gangster and going on the door and not even getting a job, or try to um, go to college or university to get themselves um, educated and ready for the job they want. There'd be a lot less crime in the UK if we still had mandatory service. There'd be a lot less Look crime in the UK if you're a lot of bit, beat the shit out of little assholes. Yeah. Okay, maybe I should rephrase that. Uh, also, look in America, the fact like you have to sign up to uh, the draft. What, the NBA? They're basically a draft that that, that um, says if you want to get a loan from a bank, you have to sign up to, to the army, basically. Yeah. So if you ever get yeah, I I say I'm just I'm more thinking of places like I don't know if it's Finland or Sweden or something like that, but it's places like that. I know Korea and places like that still do, but there's still some European countries that I do. Really Scandinavian at the moment, isn't it? It's basically you you do like two or three years national service, and it's so the only way you can sort of get over. I think it's Sweden actually. The you can you can get over it if you've got so medical conditions and things like that. If you've got something that would prevent you from being a good soldier or be able to operate normally in the army, but it's basically national service. You have to do three years. Sometimes people don't do it straight away, like when they're young either. Some people literally put it off until they're a little bit older because then. They can finish doing university and stuff. Some places I think are quite good like that. They'll, if you want to do university and stuff, they'll let you do it, and then they'll make you do your national service instead of taking you away from uni. So even then, the people that want to go to uni and get good jobs can still do that, but it'll they'll still get taught the the organization and the mindset and the it's sort of. It's not necessary. You're not necessarily becoming less of an arsehole, but you appreciate things more when everything's taken away. It, it's very much the type of thing of you appreciate everything more. Hmm. Like if, you, uh, if uh, especially if you've got someone shouting in your face day in day out, that type thing. I can imagine a lot of people would change their mindset if they went from never being able to, like, never being told no and getting away with everything they can. To then the next day, a drill sergeant screaming in the face, telling them to do twenty push-ups because they had the shoes in the wrong alignment. See, I, I, still, I would struggle that. I, I would have a real problem with that because I'm be not because I've not the whole not being told no thing. I'm not a spoiled cunt or anything, but like, it's not even I have a real problem with authority. It's the fact of like, if uh, someone speaks to you, they speak to you with respect. That it doesn't matter who they are, whether you have more authority over them or they have more authority over you, then I'll speak to them with the same respect because they deserve it because they've given me respect. Whereas if somebody yeah. screaming in the face and telling us what to do, it'll be like, no, fuck off, you cunt. You're not talking to me like that. See, I wouldn't thing, talk to I'm, anybody like that, so why should I be supporting you like that? So I'm I would have sort, a real problem. I'm sort of the same mindset. I'm a, firm belie- I'm a firm believer. You treat me well, I'll treat you well. You treat mm. me like shit, I'll treat you like shit. Everybody, ev- everybody, gets what the, everybody gets what they give, that type of thing. Yeah. And that's the mindset yeah. that's missing yeah. in a lot of people. You're an egalitarian, so we all so we all have established egalitarian. Let's not talk about eggs. Is that no? Is, fuck. Hold on. Is is that the one? Is that the scientific name? And two, does that mean that's yeah, the that's... only egg you're not allergic to? No, he's still it's not allergic. Scientific. He's allergic to us. It's the actual. It's the actual terminology um, defined to a person who treats others with the way they are treated. It's called egalitarianism. 
it's based it's basically like a lower version of um socialism wait there you go but but it, it's yes it's, it's, he's right he's right egalitarian it's egg ega egalitarian uh believing look- in or based on the principle that all people are equal and deserve equal rights and opportunities for a fairer or more egalitarian society uh or known a person who who ad, av, advocates or supports the principle of equality for all people it's yeah. it's it's very much the mindset that I feel is missing in a lot of people in the world, and I feel like it should just be obvious. It's one of those things. I don't know whether it's just the way my brain works because I've got the autism and all that sort of stuff, but it makes no sense to me when people are just assholes or stupid or anything like that. It's like I don't get how you can not just treat people the way they deserve to be treated, like people who. But people who belittle people for no reason, like, why bother when you've, they've done nothing to you? If The only way I would belittle someone is if they've belittled me. It's the, it's very much the thing of, thing of you insult me, I'll insult you. If you show you me respect, you I'll show you respect. So the most stark example of that I can think of is that um, I've been pulled over... Uh, I think three three times I've been stopped by a police while I've been driving in, in, me, in my driving career. Um, and, sure it was three times for me. Yeah, and, and twice uh, the, the police officers that I was dealing with was absolutely fine. Absolutely fine in the what they were sound and they were talking and that. And they were, it wasn't because I was pulled over for any like particular reason. Like, I wasn't doing anything wrong necessarily. It was just like random stops, if you like. Um, and they were absolutely fine. I was absolutely fine with them. Um, there was once I was actually driving a friend's car and that's why they pulled us over to check that I was insured, which I was because I was covered under my insurance policy. Um, and when they pulled us over, one of the people, uh, one of the officers was absolutely fine. The other one was a total cunt. And even when I was conversing with them, I was a lot more like sarcastic and basically a dick to the one who was being a dick to me. And I thought, fuck off, you don't deserve any respect from me because you're speaking to us like a piece of shit when I've done nothing wrong. The thing is, about cop a lot of them are like, it's not all of them, there are some good cops out there who are quite canny as out, but a lot of them are like power hungry and power defined, like, I've got a badge, I'm better than you. Well, that, that, that comes back to respect is earned, not given, and you do have a more yeah. base level of respect for someone who is who is uh, like a, in authority, like a police officer or somebody who's in the army or something like that, but it doesn't mean that they instantly deserve infinite respect because they're better than everyone. Which oh, is yeah, it's, how it, some it, people seem to think. It's, it's, um, it's like the thing the of... Yeah, it was the same situation. Yeah, it was the same situation. I pulled over. Um, there was a, like, a good cop slash bad cop kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And the guy was like, don't lie to me. The, the one who was a bit of a dickhead was like, oh, don't lie to me. You know, I've been I've been in the service for so long. And like, I said, I'm not lying to you. I'm turning it on as fucking truth, mate. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's like when I was pulled over the first the first thing they said they were like, All right, we just pulled you over to check uh, the car over and that because uh we wouldn't show if it, like is it your car? And I was like, No, it's not, it belongs to a friend. Um and straight away the other guy was like all over the car looking around, checking the tires, checking this, checking that. Obviously the car's perfectly fine. Um and he was like, uh, well, um, so are you insured to drive it? And I was like, Yes. And he was like, Well, how? I was like, My insurance is fully comp um so and it covers us to drive for other people's vehicles. Um and he was like, "Well, just because it's fully comp doesn't mean that doesn't mean that you're covered to drive other people's vehicles." So I was like, "No, but the fact I know my policy and know that I am covered to drive other people's vehicles because I checked before does." And he just like gives a hearty look, and then he was like, "Right, if you get in the back of our car." And then I was having problems pulling it up on my phone, so he got really pissy, and I was just like, "Oh, you can fuck off." 
yeah, I got. I was uh, I was covered on my dad because like my dad's car, I was driving my dad's car when I got pulled, mm-hmm. and because like it came up saying, "Oh, it's it says um, there's only one driver on there." So but I am insured a driver. He goes, "No, you're not." I was like, "Yeah, I am. I'm on his insurance. It's named driver. I'm his emergency contact driver because it's, it's disability insurance." Yeah, and um. Because like it it was happened it happened on the Friday because like basically I got pulled on the Sunday but we got insured on the Friday for it because mm-hmm. it was a new car. And I was like, well, basically, well, you should know yourself. It takes about three days for it to come on your system. He goes, um, how do you know that? Well, my uncle's a copper, so I know the ins and outs. I says, give me a producer and I can bring the insurance documents to you as soon as I get them. Or and that he was like, oh no no no, we're gonna we're gonna seize the car next. You can't do that. You have to give me a producer. So I fiddled around him to to the point he got so annoyed he did give us a producer. <laughs> so two days later, I went into the Bellington police station with a fucking big smile on my face. And I put the documents down as a nice insured to prove I was insured at the time I was pulled. Yeah, I would <laughs> love to see his face. Like, <laughs> there was a point of. Kyle's never been pulled over because he always drives new cars and he always only drives his own car. We drive fucking anything and it's usually a questionable bag of shit. That's probably not even road legal. So we get pulled over all the time. <laughs> yeah, like I've, is, I've never been pulled, pulled over once. Pulled over more when you're driving a nicer car. Yeah, I never get, I've never got pulled when I'm driving my car. It's always when I'm moving stuff around for other people or when I've been using uh, other people's cars or older cars. When I've had older cars in the past. So when I had my shit boxes, I've, I was never really pulled much. But the day I got my jag, I went to Philip's house because I had to drop Philip off at home. Mm-hmm. Right, it was the day I got it, basically the night time. Surprised it didn't break. <laughs> in Bly- and I was in Blythe, and I got into the car. That's why I thought it was Nick. <laughs> <laughs> the officer saw me get out of Philip's house and get into my car and drive off, and he pulled me up the street. Mm-hmm. And because on his system it came back no MOT, no insurance, and no tax. And the first thing he says, is this your car? I was like, yes, it is my car. Because yeah. are you sure it's your car? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I am positive it's my car. I just bought it today. Well, I think it was. It's where it's, it was part where I left my car and the key seems to work. <laughs> yeah. The thing is, I pulled out, I was like, I went to be, I've got the documents and invoices and that to prove that I bought the car today. Yeah. So I pulled out. Me fucking all the stuff, and he looked at it, and he looked at me, and he looked at it, and his face was so it was like he was like literally god gobsmacked. I was like, why the fuck is he gobsmacked? So he says something off on me way. So I took the documents in the house, and I was looking through the documents. The um the dealership put down that I paid the car in full. Right. <laughs> so basically, oh, well. he was he was gobs gobsmacked that someone who who is quite small has tattoos. Was in Blythe, and looks and to be honest, you do look a bit hipsterish. Could afford to <laughs> pay for a jag. The thing is, I had no, I, I don't know, I was freshly shaven as well, so I looked dead fucking young. Yeah, so you you look like you're fourteen when you're freshly shaven. That's probably why he pulled Basically. you over. He thought a fourteen year old just jumped in someone's car and fucked off. Yeah. So there's a copper driving on Blythe thing, and this this fourteen year this um fourteen year old who was really twenty five. 24, 24, 25, 24, 25 at the time. It's driving around in a in a nice in a nice Jaguar. Where the fuck did I go wrong in my life? Hey Christ! I just love uh, the fact that you two get pulled over so much. I, I've never could... been pulled over once. 
I'm going to stay on um, cars, but I'm going to move. Don't worry, it's still humorous. I'm going to move on to um, a, a story I read about in America. Um, so I don't know if you've heard it before, but if you do, if you have to remember this, but there was a, apparently an old woman, she'd been shopping in Walmart or something like that, and she came out and there was a group of about four young men, like all like, you know, baggy pants, hoodies, stuff like that, you know, kind of uh, jostling around that car. And there was one of them it, like, actually in it, in the driver's seat. Yeah. So she was like, holy fuck, they're stealing my car. So she panicked, right? And because it's America and she was packing, she pulled out her fucking gun, started waving at them, screaming at them, get out of your car, get away from the car. They're all like, oh my God. So they fucking put their hands up. They scarped. They're like, holy shit, right? And they're like absolutely shitting themselves because this little woman's pointing a gun at them. And she goes home, right? And as far as I know, this is a true story. Uh, later on, she was watching the news, and there was these the same young lads were on about how this old woman had just totally fucking pointed a gun at them, screamed at them, and nicked that car, right? And she was like, "Holy fuck!" So she went back out at the drive and she checked like at the license plate, and it was exactly the same car as hers, the same color and everything, but it wasn't hers. So she had to kind of go into the police station and go, "Yeah, I accidentally stole that car because I actually thought it was stealing mine." <laughs> this little old woman just nicked that car. They were like, "What the fuck?" That's the most American <laughs> thing I've ever fucking heard. No, but imagine if you were just getting, imagine if we were, we all all our way to fucking Asda or something, and we're fucking, we're jumping out the car, then all of a sudden this little woman starts pointing a gun at me, get out the fucking car! <laughs> you see, I, I, every time I go and look for my car, I make sure it's my car by checking the license plate, purely because I'm not going to be the one who sits there and pointing me keys and be- beeping it at my car, and my car not flashing, and me sitting, standing there going, oh, why is it not working? I always check the license plate every single time. I love Are you ready? Are you ready, Joe? Are you ready for the customary joke? You'll be fine unless you're in McDonald's. <laughs> Kyle, <laughs> Kyle. Can you not be like any other normal person and just remember where your car is? Yeah, I, do rem- I, I do remember where my car is, but I always check the license plate just in case. I don't want to... I'm Like I said, I'm not going to be one of those people. And sometimes I do forget where my car is. Despite I've went to a shop. I've went to Asda, parked next to the trolley, and I've known that I'm the, th- I'm the third trolley, trolley storage back on the right-hand side of it, that's where my car's parked. I know exactly where my car's parked. And I've come out, and there's been a car looking exactly the same on the left-hand side of it. So what do I do? I check the license plate, because it's the fucking logical thing to do. You remember the last three things, the last three letters or digits or whatever of your license plate, and you check no, I would just, I would just... Imagine if the, I can imagine Kyle, again, confused, because if there's a, another blue course, I'll park next to him with the exact I would, last, I would just... last three digits. Also, it's also... I I have I check the stuff that's hanging in the window. If it had the same license plate, I'd just see the stuff hanging in the window. I know for a fact that that's my car because it's got a skeleton hanging from the fucking back, hanging from the uh, ha- handle from the back window, and it's usually got an air freshener hanging from the interior mirror. See, you know what I would do? Uh, I'll the do... skeleton driving, eating the <laughs> air freshener, eating the air freshener. To be fair, I will say that that tea, what was it called? That Assam, that was actually quite nice. It was a bit strong, but it was quite nice. I might move on to the lemon and orange tea for the afternoon. It's zesty right. and vibrant. Anyway. The thing is, my car, even if I like go, to, when I went to the Jag show and I was like a shit ton of other weird XEs there, only way I knew my car was is the fact my car has a Charmander. 
sticker. I would if I in Kyle's situation. There you go. You've always got your own identifiers. Everybody has the little things that they put in the car, or the little perks that they have on, or something like that. That is easily identifiable. I also fucking Pinewood uh, uh, Studio Pass. I've never met anybody who do, who as soon as they get the car, they don't just put something in the window or put something hanging or anything like that. I've never seen a car that looks like it's brand new out of a showroom mm. unless it's on a showroom floor. It's always got some like little. It's always got some little personal thing, like they've got a furry steering wheel or they've got someone hanging from the mirror or they've put fucking eyelashes on the headlights. There's always something. Uh, all, all I was going to say was, if I was in Kyle's situation, Jim Carr's part exactly the same, kind of half forgot which one was mine. Without looking at the number plate, all I would do is walk towards them and just press a case and I walk towards them. Like, I would walk towards straight straight towards the middle of the two and just press a case and see which one lit up. That's, that is the most logical thing way as well, yeah. you know, because you have to unlock your car anyway. You press the fob. And it's not like you can't get into it. It's not your car. Up. That's the question. How the fuck did this woman get in, start the car? I'm assuming she had to open the fucking car door, which well, should have I'll, been I'll... locked. How did no, she not realise that she didn't have to unlock the, the car was because the it was, it was already unlocked because the Nick. owners were in? No. Because no, I know, she but thought like, that the Jimmy's were locked and they were trying to hotwire it, so he must have been busy. And and the other thing is as well, is yeah, the, the, I, I completely the, get what the, you mean, they, but they all trying the cars... To hotwire it. How, does her, how does her car key... Work in the ignition of her car. Because what I'm they trying to do had the key in. No, they, all, they probably already had the key in the, in the ignition, and car must have been always like net ready to stay, turn the ignition. She was probably too busy telling them to fuck off. Got in and just turned the ignition without even thinking. Yeah, the, the, or, the, the, what I'm the trying way, to say is the, the only that, way I can accept that, this is if it was a convertible and the roof was down. No, all the cars, or it's like my car where you have you don't have no key at all. And Nefob was already in, and you know, she just pressed a button. Oh, like I've been trying to say for 20 minutes that all their cars have the same ignition barrels, so you don't need actually need to have. There's many, many cars, older cars, that you can just get a key for, and you could walk up to absolutely any of the same maker model and just open the door and start because the ignition barrel's the same. Or it was an old car and the ignition barrel was worn smooth, in which place you, you can start with any key or like the handle of a teaspoon in some cases because it's that worn away, the pins inside. So if it was an older car, it's perfectly understandable how it happened. Does it tell you what type yeah. of car it was? Because if it was a it convertible, I can I can kind of understand that you just sort of jump in over the door and drive off. What? Uh, this was a woman thinking her car was getting nicked. It wasn't the Dukes of Hazard. <laughs> I mean, talk about Dukes of Hazard. Anyway, it's yeah. time to say hello to an audience. Hello, how the, welcome how to the, the podcast. How the fuck is that a link up with Dukes of Hazard? But sure, yeah. hi everybody. How are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no I was getting speak. sick. Uh, Stefan was getting agitated. I knew Stefan was going to start. I was getting like, really agitated. I've been trying to talk for about twenty minutes. No wonder Jordan doesn't speak. I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, More Stefan. Fears, motherfuckers. <laughs> Cause is uh, what I know. Let us speak. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, hey! I was actually going to say something else at the beginning of that. I totally forgot what it was. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, hi. Uh, wait, yeah. here we go. I'm going to talk about some engineering type thing for you, Stefan. You? And it's well, the fact that someone is making a fridge out of uh, <laughs> This is what gel. I showed you. It's out of the gel, yes. It's the zero energy bio refrigerator that cools your food with future gel. It doesn't have a door. It it's uh, it, It'll be... Uh, it's called the bio robot refrigerator and it mounts on a wall. And it can be mounted horizontally, vertically, or even on the ceiling. 
The fridge does not have a motor or other traditional technology like most refrigerators. And the gel does all the work. So 90% of the appliance is actually usable space. So instead of having this bulky fridge, which has to have the the back with all the all the um, metal coils and everything to conduct the cold and make the heat disperse and all that sort of stuff and all the motors and the electrical parts and you have to plug it in the wall and all that sort of stuff. This thing is literally just mounted on the wall and it's a biopolymer gel which is in a metal case. You don't have to put it you don't have to have a door on it. It literally just stays in place. It has no order. It's got no sticky stickiness. It's suspended and cooled. So any food that you put in is just suspended and cooled inside this biopolymer gel. And it, all you do questions. is shove it in. And you're going to see if you can... Well, that fits your life philosophy. You're going to honestly, see if you can answer these questions. Honestly, uh, I want this fridge. It looks fucking gorgeous. It does look insane. So I've got a couple of questions. Um, yes. And I'll, a statement. The first thing is a statement. You've never sounded more northern than when you said motor before. What, motor? Yeah, you usually say motor. Or something like that. You literally went mortar. 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 <laughs> it's mortar. Anyway. Das. If I was just thinking of mortars. Das Otto. I think it's because oh. I was reading it at the, time of, uh, at the time of speaking, so I just said mortar. Yeah. Aye. Yeah. Um, Suddenly so, when I read the word, I say mortar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> First of all, um, how do you clean it? Because it's not like you can't just wipe it out like an old fridge, so do you have to replace the whole gel? Then? Do you just keep like the frame? Well, I'm reading through it now to see if there's any way of it doing it because it's entirely possible that you basically replace the gel. Yeah. Uh, the second question is, um, what about fragile things like eggs and stuff? If you stuff it into some gel, you're not going to crack them. Or do well, you stuff no, but, the whole box in? Well, no, because the, the idea is you, you either stuff the whole box in or you could stuff it in with your hand, but it's... I'm I'm assuming the gel's very much... You know how you can have pieces of fruit fl- floating in jelly? They can stay mm. perfectly intact because the jelly sort of moulds around it and it's soft enough and squishable enough and it just sort of moves around the object. I yeah, think no, that's I'm basically fine with sort that. of the same principle. But I was just thinking of pushing it in. It can't be completely viscous, almost like a liquid, because then it wouldn't hold anything. And if everything well, would like sink down, it would have to be quite thick, quite dense, quite um like... um Not not so much like slime, but more like, like you said, like a jelly. I'm I'm assuming what you can do is, especially if you're putting if you're putting single eggs in, I'm assuming you can sort of make a fist with the egg in your fist, put your fist in, drop the, drop the egg in. If you if you're doing like Make a box of eggs, if if you're doing a box of eggs, I'm assuming the box should be rigid enough to withstand yeah. it. If not, then I'm assuming you can sort of slice a hole with your hands to put it in, type thing, like sort of disperse <laughs> it before you I do. Look it. Look at me, new fridge, karate chop some slime. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming if it has to be that viscous that you wouldn't be able to put eggs in, you would, be, you would do what you sort of do with water when you're diving in water. You, di- you disperse the water, don't you? So I'm assuming it would just, be the same thing. You sort of dis- yeah. disperse the. I, w- I was just thinking it would have to be uh, viscous enough that it would hold things. That's all yeah. I was thinking. It's basically powered by light. It says that the cooling agents are the bio-robots inherent in the gel that use luminescence, basically light generated in cold temperatures, to preserve food. Although this sounds super techy and fun, Dimitrov doesn't really explain how it's going to work, so we're a little sceptical of the bio-robot refrigerator oh, becoming reality someday. Hold on, so he's went, oh look, into the slime, it'll keep things cold, and they went, right, how's it going to work? And he's went, that light, well, how's that going <laughs> yeah. to work? Don't know yet. 
Uh, viability aside, the fridge is definitely a huge step to forward in terms of rethinking the design of one of our most used appliances. Probably the best thing about this concept machine is that it uses zero energy for cooling. It just needs energy for its little control pad, so it'll still use electricity, but it'll use a lot less because you're only you're only using basically the amount mm. that you would use to say charge a phone that type thing. Uh, it's compared to the modern, typical modern fridge, which uses about 8% of a household's energy. This nifty-looking gadget of the future could cut out uh, energy use significantly. But I'm assuming what would happen is it's sort of... I think it would sort of be like other gel things where you would replace the gel after a time. It would be you would probably get like cartridges of gel or something like that. Or... It might have the whole thing of the gel cleans itself. It mightn't. It might have the, a system where it recycles the gel and creates it over and over, and it just sort mm. of cleans it during this process, so it filters out all the bad stuff. So it it might do that, basically a, a purifier, and then that sort of thing. The issue that I've got is that in one of the images, he stuffed bananas in, a pineapple, a couple of pears, a bit of fruit, <laughs> and then there's two fucking goldfish. Yeah, I was going to say, are you at the picture where there's just a full fish in there? Yeah, there's two fish where it's just two <laughs> fucking goldfish sat there, just chilling in gel. I wonder if fish could swim through the gel. That's a, that's an experiment for you. Get this fridge, put a live fish in, see if it can no, swim through it. No, they wouldn't be able to breathe. I've got fish. So, wouldn't be able to breathe. But it does, it looks absolutely beautiful. It's, it's really thin as well. It's literally, like, it, about the size of a TV. It's the width of a TV, like a flat screen TV. It looks like it's going to be about that width, maybe a bit bigger, but it looks like it's going to be that. So if they can make this happen, I desperately, I know I'm all into the old vintage style thing. Like I would love a steampunk house or to have like a writing desk with quill pens. I love that type of thing. I love old school architecture on the cathedrals and things like that. But at the same time, I love things like futuristic things like cyberpunk and all that sort of stuff. So if this becomes a thing, you can guarantee my house will be a horrible mismatch of fucking vintage and like steampunk shit alongside alongside this fucking futuristic gel fridge and shit like that. Like I'll have a massively futuristic kitchen with like a steampunk living room and like a Edgar Allan Poe style freaking writing desk in the corner and that type <laughs> shit. My house will be a mismatch of shit. But it honestly, it looks beautiful. It looks really it looks like something out of Subnautica. If you had to give if you had to <coughs> give something reference to it, it looks like something out of the game Subnautica. Hmm. But it does look absolutely amazing. I'm trying to find out if it's got anything else about it. Uh According to one of the pictures, it says by 2050, most people will live in the city and and settling near space is near. It will bring a new technology that can provide comfort not only on Earth, but in space. So it's basically partially be, being designed so that you can use it in space as well, because it will use less energy and therefore less fuel for shit like that. I wonder yeah. if NASA will eventually put on a space rocket. Can you imagine that? A space rocket with a fridge. Space oh... Fridge. They would have to put a door on it then, though, because the gel would float away in zero gravity. Clumps of gel would just start peeling off, wouldn't it? Oh, well, it would yeah. still be... Would it still be in one? 
this thing because it stick together, wouldn't it? It's it's a vi- oh. it's a viscous gel, but if you look at astronauts, they can literally eat a curry, and they can have droplets of curry, which is thick fucking curry with a shit ton of chili sauce on it to be able to f- like taste it, and it's just globs floating through the air, and that's quite that's pretty viscous. So, I think this gel would probably just start floating away in clumps, or it would like dislodge from the actual panel. I think you would have to have sort of a panel or a door attached to it if you were to put it in space that you can block it with. Mm. Either that, or they would have to find some way of maybe having it in a specific area where it doesn't matter if it somehow dislodges itself. Which, on a spaceship, is nowhere because you've always got components where you don't want anything like that touching it. I do apologise. I've moved up in the world, boys. Why? I mean, you move up. I'm Leeds manager. Oh, oh dear God. God! I'm up the f- like. Uh, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Sorry. Uh, Stefan, I've just realised yeah. that article was from 2015, so the fact that it hasn't been made yet is worrying. Yeah, it'd be fine. It's plenty of time. Hold on, hold on, sir. I'm gonna see if I can gel Over fridge. Top. I'm gonna see if there's any more information, like. If anybody's done anything else with it, uh, Electrolux, Electrolux, da da da, fridge, da da Yeah, it looks it. It doesn't look like anybody's really done it for much. I don't. It looks like they haven't really made any big strides. <laughs> looks like nobody's really done it for much. Yeah. Okay, Kyle. <laughs> It was, to be fair, it was made by, it was, the concept was created by a Russian student. So it it's not really the thing, but it's, it's one of those projects where it might appear in the, in the future, but mm. it, the, it's very much probably not, the, would probably don't have the technology yet because it does go on about bio nano robots absorbing heat. Yeah. And shit like that. It, it doesn't look like there's, any chance of it getting done soon? Uh, ooh, apparently the fewer food stuff, the less space it needs. So what it would do is expand outwards to accommodate more food. So the more you put in, the more the gel sort of expands outwards to fill the space. Yeah. It it would have completely silent operation. So it would have because it's got no moving parts. It would have completely silent. Uh, and the bio biopolymer gel by touch as. Polythene is not sticky and has no smell. So, yeah, it it looks really good and it looks really futuristic and everything, but from all the articles and stuff, it looks like they're planning for it to possibly become a thing in 2050. So, which I'm upset about because it looks like it would be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Why can't they hurry up and make it? I want it. I'm look. Amazon apparently has gel fridges. I've had a look, and it's just fridge fridge deodorizer. Why? Why is it you can go on? Um, you can search anything. Then Amazon will say, "Yeah, you can buy that on us," and then it's actually nothing to do with it. Yeah. But yeah, that was. I th- I just thought that was really cool and futuristic because you sent it in the group chat, and I immediately just fell in love with the concept. It does look really good, though. It does. I absolutely adore it. Yeah. Jordan, 
Are you still awake? Yeah. Are, Are you, you still sure? watching the football? <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm almost nearly asleep. Fair do. <laughs> well, Jordan, I would like I would like you to. Uh, I have a place for you and Beth to visit. Well, I don't because like you you can you you can you can visit Mongolia's one ship navy. What? What? Mongolia has a navy. Why are you obsessed with the Mongolian navy? Because Mongolia is surround is a fucking landlocked place. The only reason it's got a navy is because it's got a lake in the middle. It has one ship <laughs> in the navy. It has a navy because it's got a lake. This, this, nothing has sounded more like your logic ever. It's great. Mongolia's large, largest lake by volume is Kovsgol Lake, a crystal clear freshwater lake the size of Rhode Island, located just a few miles from the Russian border. It's popular with holidaymakers from both sides of the border and increasingly with adventurers from overseas as well. But the main attraction is because it's got the world's smallest navy. What? One person? Uh, the, la- the lake Why would you? The lake holds uh, 70% of Mongolia's fresh water and on a clear day, visitors can see as far as 140 feet down into the lake bed. Uh, 800 years ago, the Mongols, led by Kublai Khan, had the world's largest navy. But in the 13th century, they lost their ships to two giant typhoons when they tried to invade Japan. Uh, the Japanese refer to these as divine winds or kamikaze, which is how that word entered the military lexicon. Um, and they lost their sea coast altogether. Today, Mongolia is the largest landlocked nation in the world, apart from Kazakhstan, if you don't count the, count the Caspian Sea. Mongolia's only international water border line is three square miles of UV's lake that crosses into Russian territory. So they don't really need a Russian. Na- they don't really need a navy. However, they still have one: a single tugboat with a crew of seven people that patrols this lake. Keep in mind that Kovsgol Lake is surrounded entirely by Mongolian territory and is a national park. But they've still decided they need, a na- they need one tugboat that is their national navy <laughs> that has seven people in to go around and patrol it. Doesn't say a lot of combat, obviously. No, um, according to a 2001 documentary about the one tugboat navy, budget cuts have essentially <laughs> private budget cuts have essentially privatized the ship, which now has to spend its off-duty or hours hauling freight and tourists around the lake. But maybe it's a good thing that the Mongolian navy won't be sailing into battle any time soon. As of 2001, only one of the country's seven sailors knew how to swim. What? So not only is it a navy that consists of seven men in a tugboat, but six of those seven men can't swim. Stop saying tugboat. <laughs> My childless so, mind is struggling to deal with. I just find it hilarious. Mong- Mongolia is a landlocked country, surrounded on all sides. Even the lake is landlocked in the middle of the country, so it's not like there's any sort of enemy territory anywhere near it. It's literally surrounded by Mongolia on all sides, and they still have this one ship that they call the National Navy, just in case. Yeah, why wouldn't you? Uh, well, I'm, I'm not concerned. Lake, You're not thinking ahead. I'm not concerned the fact that, like, they find it 
appropriate to have a navy no, when like I don't want to have a jail there. <laughs> I don't I'm trying You've to process this. He's, he's, basically <laughs> I have hurt his brain. Basically, that's like someone having a bathtub and putting a boat in there, but like this is my navy. No, oh, it's just a taxi bathtub. It's 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 like the queen it's like the queen having the fountain in Windsor Windsor Palace's Buckingham Palace's back garden and deciding it needs a lifeboat in there. Yeah. The thing is you can drown in a spoonful of water, right? So but my my my, my eh, I'm still trying to figure out why the <laughs> fuck do they need a navy? Why wouldn't you have a navy? You don't need a navy if, if, like, your only body of water is, like, two foot deep. Hey. And it's mm. a fucking... It's not about necessity. It's, it's, it, it, it goes 140 metres deep. It's a proper actual lake. The only issue is that it's surrounded by Mongolian territory on all sides and has no fucking need to be protected. What happens if Mongolia attacks it? <laughs> the one side, the one side of the lake. I don't Mongolia is ever going to attack Mongolia. I mean, you know, um, look at Germany. They've attacked the West oh, side. It's always about the Germans, isn't it? With you? Look at America. They had a civil war. Look at England. It was the North versus the South, you know, war divorces. Yeah, but yeah, but I'm 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 pretty sure I'm pretty sure it's if you if you've got a country, so any other contributions might not raise. I know. I'm pretty sure if you've got a land or country. That has one has like the me brain. You're, you're hurting each other's brain now just by arguing. <laughs> if you wanted Jordan, to take Jordan. over the lake, you could you could hire a fucking vote. You could build a rowboat. I'm pretty sure a fucking army unit could build a rowboat out of a few fucking planks, just a fucking raft. Stand on it with a couple of assault rifles. There you go. The lake's yours. I'm pretty sure even that could defeat the seven-person tugboat navy. Jordan. You know what we should do? Yes, we should definitely. all go to Mongolia, right? And we should attack their navy and throw rubber ducks at us. We're just going to let Jay and Kyle go off and run for ten minutes and they're going <laughs> to explode each other's brains. I'm going to go to the kitchen. I think right. about what you've just done. I'm, I'm going to continue on with the water thing because, you know, whirlpools and maelstroms, the... How we usually in fiction and in films and stuff, they're these amazing pits of darkness that'll drag you to the depths of hell, and they're always absolutely huge and the size of a country. So your ideal pet? The, yeah. They're usually extremely small. Uh, they are, however, quite deadly. But there's been no ever, there's never been a confirmed or even assumed death or damage caused by a whirlpool. Because it is fucking piss easy to avoid them. And usually the ships are too big to get fucking sucked in. However, a documentary team from Scottish Some Independent Producers. Yeah. <laughs> a documenta- documentary team from Scotland, uh, from Northlake Productions, once threw a mannequin into the Corvacan, or the Hag, which is the third largest Through whirlpool. Mannequin and a hag. It's the third largest whirlpool in the world. It's on the northern side of the Gulf of Corvachin, uh, between the islands of Jura and Scarborough, uh, off the coast of Scotland. Uh, it's it's got uh, and basically what happened is the thrill mannequin in it with a life jacket and a depth gorge. 
gauge, gorge, yeah, uh, the mannequin was swallowed and spat up far down the current with a depth gorge reading of 262 feet with evidence of being dragged along the bottom for great distance. So that's the only sort of re- recorded, recorded, why am I saying re- recorded? recorded? It's the only it's the only known recorded instance of something getting pulled into or going into one of these maelstroms or whirlpools. I've got fucking hiccups now because I've been eating and having tea. But it's the only known instance of it actually having any sort of damage to anything. And that as far as I'm aware all of the stuff that all of the like fiction and everything even Pirates of the Caribbean Pirates of the Caribbean had a scene where they're getting sucked into the maelstrom don't they? I'm sure they do Are you looking for our yeah they do So yeah basically it's the they literally I think so yeah so yeah it, it's it, it makes it's just another one of those things where it slightly annoys me because fiction's made it out to be something devastating and massive and end of the world type thing and it's not and I like it because it's sort of writers writers liberty of making things seem better and more amazing than they are sort of like when some people speak about space to make it sound even more amazing than it actually is because of the emptiness of the void that they make it seem like it is amazing i agree i agree with you he's going to the loo okay well I agree with Jay, space is amazing, but the thing is, it's things like Star Wars where they do the hyperdrive skip, and every time they skip, they end up at a planet. Now, logically, the amount of area covered by planets in space versus dead space, when they hyperdrive shift, that scene should have been a lot more boring, because the, the chances of them hitting a planet every single time... Or like one in a few million or something like that. They should have been hitting empty space the majority of the time. But it's right as liberty to you make get- it seem better. So they jump into planets every single time. And they jump into precarious situations where they have to dodge and weave out the way. And that that's basically what, what they did for this. Wars, what? Is the fact they have the technology to fly through space and to hyper jump. They have the technology to have the good sat baths to get to the destinations they need to jump to. The, the this, this is the whole thing. In the film, it's never specified that it's plotted courses or anything like this. It's hyperspace skipping. It's literally him just jumping through hyperspace, constantly jumping in and out, in and out. With no regard of where he's going, no time to put into the computer where he's going to, no time to figure out the navigation or anything like that. And the science between doing a hyperspace skip, it would basically be like trying to hit a fucking pinhole in a galaxy for where you're in. Yeah. The amount of navigational coordinates yeah, and but- timing and precision that would be needed is immense. And never once is it stated in that scene that he's doing any sort of calculating or anything like that, he's literally pushing a button and telling it to just go forwards and wherever he ends up when he pulls it back and jumps out is where he ends up. The thing, the thing is, what you're forgetting is, is the fact like most, like all, most of the Star Wars like flyers and that, they always have a second 
pilot. And even if they're by themselves, they have a droid with them. No, that's not one question. The thing that I'm questioning is, you've seen it, every single film so far, you've seen it where when when they do hyperspace, it takes them a couple of seconds to find the coordinates, that type thing. When hands were chewy, it takes them a little while to put in the coordinates. When in the solo film, when they're trying to get through the maelstrom, it takes the com- it takes the robot that becomes the computer the- in the nav system a while to figure out the route. If you're just jumping and hop skipping and not giving anybody any time to do any sort of calculations, there is no way in hell that you would hit a planet every single time. You are basically firing blind. It's like blindfolding a person with a sniper rifle and telling them to hit a target that's a mile away. The chances of them hitting them, there is a chance they'll hit it, but it is so fucking minuscule that it should not be classed as possible. Oh, sorry, mm. it, is, it should be classed as as improbable as you can physically get. But this, but, but this is the thing of sort of fictional writing and things like that. They can sort of get away with these things because it's exactly that. It's fiction and they can make it whatever they want it to be. They can make these crazy decisions. And that's exactly what they did with the Maelstroms is they made it to be this deadly, massive, world-ending pit in the sea which goes down to the Earth's core and can tear ships apart when most of the time... And they're completely unavoidable, and you can't you can't get round them. If you get sucked in, you can't get out, and all that sort of stuff. But most of the most of the maelstroms and stuff in the world, they easy you can see them from a mile away. They're easily avoidable. They're on every single map that you can think of, and you you basically just not really gonna get any sort of damage or anything from it. You the chances of you. Going into one of those things and sustaining the damage that you do in movies or in films or in books is sort of the same thing as the hyperspace skip. It's so minuscule and so fucking improbable that it is it is creative license gone to an extreme, basically. Hmm. Yeah, true. But... Which I am all for if you can explain it. That that's the that's the thing that I don't like about some fictional writing is that if you if you put something in a film, you need to be able to explain why it's there. The thing is, a lot of um, stuff in Star Wars is unexplainable. You say that, but if you look into all, they've written so much stuff into the Star Wars universe that everything has been explained one way or another, like hyperspace, hyperspace drives, and all that sort of stuff. That has been explained. It's n- it's not like it's been completely correlated and proved by science that it would it would work or anything like that although some of it has but it's been explained we have a reason why you have to have these coordinates we have a reason why you have to have this specific type of engine there's even specification of hyperdrive fucking units they've got numeric codes the millennium falcon has a class 10 backup Versus a class 0.5 main, which barely ever works because it's been modified so much. That's the amount of detail that's gone into the law. They've explained all this sort of stuff. The issue that I have is that when you bring in something new that is unexplained, they could explain it, but they just haven't bothered. And that's the bit that's bad, is the fact that you can explain it. You can give an explanation for this. All it would take is 
a paragraph to say this is exactly the reason why. But they haven't given an actual explanation. They haven't done anything like that. They haven't made it into the law or anything like that. It's yeah, but it it, it must have been it, there must be an explanation for it. Like you say, if Star Wars has an explanation for everything. In cross media platforming, there will be an explanation somewhere for hyper jumping. Not yet. Not. I've seen multiple sources. Like I've oh, seen a lot. I've seen a lot of stuff. A lot of. Haha. I've seen a lot of stuff. Um, a lot of people analyzing it and all this sort of stuff. And there's a lot of channels which will go into great depth of Star Wars, and it's basically their job to go through Star Wars law and all that sort of stuff. And as far as anybody can tell, neither in Legends, which Disney is basically fucked up now, or Canon, or anything like that, none of it is explained in there how you can do a sort of <laughs> fuck's sake. Yeah. A hyperspace jump. <laughs> really? How would yeah. fucking hell these work? Oh, oh Jesus Christ. Right, there you go. Put them on your ears. I feel good. <laughs> right. Andy. What is Oz's ow, ow, ow? I knew talk about Star Wars would get him a piece somewhere. Listen, yeah. I've got to give up five minutes because I'm dog-sitting this weekend, believe it or not. I've got well, two dogs, dogs downstairs. Down st- no, seriously, I've got two dogs downstairs. I'm dog-sitting. Well, at least you didn't say you're dogging. No, no, no. That's why you'll be in the day, isn't it? <laughs> I wish. <laughs> what do you mean, you wish? But, uh... <laughs> uh, all right, so what's happening, boys? What's happening? Uh, uh, Excuse me, I'm just uh, full of vodka and coke again. So, so am I, but I've got uh, cherry Pepsi. Mm. We, were, we were just ranting about Star Wars and fictional things, and also talking about the uh, um, war stories and basically how the Finnish seem to have multiple badasses that did ridiculous oh, stuff. Right. In actually, actually, War. I've just done a new Star Wars picture. I'll go and get it. We can't see it. Is it good? What do you think of that? That's mid. Do you like it, do you? I think it's only it the best one. It is the best one you've done. Excellent. <laughs> you know, what we've we been talking about tonight, then? Many things. Hang on a minute, hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. Is it, who's, who's swept aside the hill? That's Jay. Yeah. It's, it's the, he's hosting. Ask Kyle. Kyle set the name. Oh, no, I changed it. I didn't set that <laughs> name. I called it swept aside. Stefan changed it to swept aside to hell. And who's... Fuck's sake, Stefan. Who sucks suck shit? Take a fucking guess. <laughs> Stefan! Right, okay, so last week I was trying to log in and it was being a total arsehole and it was pissing us off and I had said customers a wanker and all sorts and eventually it wouldn't let us have anything and I put, oh, I was like, you can fuck off so I just put suck shit and it worked and then this week when I went to log in it just logged in like that and I didn't change it. Okay, is Jordan there? He is. Uh, he's, he's not, he's way at the pub again. Hey! Oh, he's there, hey, hey. He's watching the football. That's <laughs> oh, you're watching Sunderland, are you? He wants to hear Captain Pugwash. Oh, I've got it wrong again. Anyway, apparently they're winning one nil. What's Newcastle doing? Nil nil. Yes. Nil nil. How long have they been playing? It's not on the telly. I'm watching a thing about Maradona downstairs. Ah. Mhm. Great legend. Great footballer. Great. Well, what you say, live your life to the full, don't you? You know what I mean. Are you ready, lads? Right, Andy. Mm-hmm. Are you? Because this is going to surprise everyone. <laughs> mm-hmm. What do you like better, Stormzy or Armstein? Oh God. Um, 
Wait, I mean, can I say this? Um, I don't want to slag them off, like, but you can just, say whatever you want. They both just sounded like a noise in the background to me. Yeah, but that's probably because I'm old, right? I couldn't understand what that uh, Dormsey was saying. <laughs> he, he was like speaking too fast. Aye. And uh, the other one was a bit like just kind of a bit bizarre. But I heard, I had heard one of their songs before, I think. Right. You probably heard it from me, to be honest, because I've listened to mm. them quite a lot. Are you ready? So, right, Andy. So, uh, or do you prefer the German Beatles? The German Beatles, <laughs> definitely. Mm. From, <laughs> that film, from that uh, film. From that film, George Robert. George Robert, yes. Uh, that was funny. That It wasn't funny. I mean, it was, you know, sarcastic or funny. Like, but, yeah. Now nah, that's... Uh, yes, the Beatles is my sort of thing. Mm. Uh, it's a tune that you can hear it once and you can whistle it. Yeah. Exactly, I. He says failing at whistling at half time. No, oh, thanks very much. Anyway, so... Um, you, you, you're good voice. at singing it. You carry your kit well. I'm go- uh, uh, hang on a minute. Yeah, how's that? What are you doing? What? The shit. Sorry. <clears throat> what are you doing? Have I got a crack in my wall again? No, no, that's all right. Anyway, yes, uh, so, yes, the German, do you like the German, German Beatles, Jordan? What? Hello, Jordan. <laughs> Jordan. Earth, 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 Jordan. Earth to Jordan. There'd be a nightmare if you were if you were an astronaut, right, uh, during the space race, and you went to the moon, right? There would just it wouldn't be a race. Panic stations. It would be like uh, Jordan, <laughs> Jordan. This is Houston. Jordan. This is Houston. And they fight. What a problem. Hi, hi. Hey, what's the matter, like? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, eh, hey, what were I talking about then? I've got five minutes, literally. I don't know because you keep on saying five minutes literally, and it's already been two or three minutes, and you keep on say you keep on saying you got five minutes. So mm-hmm. I don't know. What do you want to talk about? Maybe the cats will be fine for a little bit. Yeah, what do you say? What do you say? Cats, the cats will be fine by themselves for a little bit. Oh no, I'm going for a run with them tomorrow. I'm I'm getting up at seven o'clock. I'm going to run through the woods with the dogs. You can bugger off if you think I'm joking. Like that German man looking for his laptop. Oh yes, I know. I tell you what's too cold. Too cold to be running on with knee clears. I'll tell you. <laughs> Sorry, clues for anybody who's listening in foreign lands. No, uh, look, need to learn my language, otherwise I should be listening. Oh, you know, you no problem. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I so um. Well, by the way, Steph, uh, there's a car in the unit on Monday in the shed. Aye. It's uh, it's done, but uh, what a slaver I've had on the day. Aye. Um, I ended up a full bumper bar again, a full one. Which uh, yeah. I'll tell you about in Monday, but just just say that the car's just got to come out Monday. I had to put it in yeah. because the the frost gets to it. It's kind of knock up, absolutely knock up. Like, but uh, anyway. Oh, and I swept the shed out as well. Did you? Oh, I had to to get the car. Stupid, <laughs> 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 don't to get the car in. Aye, and uh, pretty running came up with the guns here. Oh, you tear the shed up, I see. I says aye. <laughs> I was my tab butts was on the floor. <laughs> I know, that's why I didn't bloody screw it. You know how you, you constantly say <laughs> you shouldn't talk about work on this thing? Yeah, you it's keep the saying first thing you've done. No, you're joking, you're joking. I, I bloody found half the canteen in our shed, man, the day out of go and put it in the dishwasher. <laughs> it's probably all from it's probably all from Stefan. Yeah, it's all from me. There's like three cups of that, don't worry. Well, there's no spoons <laughs> left now because I couldn't be bothered to pick them off the floor, so I just put them in the bin. Oh, jail, that's a jail, 
Yeah. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> oh dear God. Uh, no, I wouldn't I wouldn't use a spoon, Jay. It's got paint all over it. Well, I do now. Like he's looking for a tattoo on it. The ink might, the ink and spray might just come off and stain his skin. No, you know what we did, right? We mixed up some paint with this uh, spoon, right? Now we mixed up the lacquer with it, right? So like the two K lacquer are going to rock hard. Then we decided to put in the dishwasher. So no, hold on. <laughs> Before you do that, though, the other thing as well, we'd stood on it about four times. It was bent at almost a ninety degree angle. No, I no, I, I use it. I use it to repair that button bar. Remember? That's right. It was bent at a ninety degree angle on the handle. I put it in the dishwasher. It got washed. There was still paint lacquered on the handle, and it was bent ninety degrees. And someone emptied the dishwasher and put it back in the drawer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So, um, what's Jordan doing this weekend? Oh, hey. <laughs> what's the man as a football that bad? Is it? Yeah. Jordan? Who the yes. Crystal Palace. Yeah, but who the Jordan, Jordan, do you know how conversations work, Jordan? The Palace tonight, Crystal Palace, isn't it? Aye. I don't know. They're playing shite. Jordan, yeah. the, Jordan, are you on like a five-second delay or something? He's great at this. How many drinks have you had? Three balls. Have you been drinking all day, like? I wish. Of vodka or gin? Oh, Thanks. Andy, I'll read you this then. Well, you're here. This mm-hmm. is, are you ready? Mm-hmm. Right? So, Kyle, this is the thing I was going to talk to you about since Kyle, since, yeah, your dad said that. The, a Russian good. man, a Russian man once drank three bottles of vodka, right? Mm-hmm. He then jumped out of a five-story window, right? Got up, mm-hmm. walked back up and jumped out again. Was he trying to die or was it just for a death? No, no, just for no reason. I get... Oh my god, yeah, yeah, me watching. Why, why don't you? What was it called? Why don't you? Oh no, I, this is about I, Andy jumping off bridges. I, I feel like th- I feel like that <laughs> would be the type. Bad. I feel like that would be the type of thing you do where you where someone says, "I don't believe you did it," so you do it again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, probably. Believe you, believe you me, a bin bag isn't a parachute. You did it twice. <laughs> didn't jump off again. Oh, the shit, fuck that yeah. you did it twice is bad enough. Yeah, I know. Me the first time, unbelievable. Anyway, um, well, what, what, so what, 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 what do you want to talk about? What do you want to talk about, Kyle? Kind of, I don't know. I'm just going through topics at the minute, but like, talk about whatever the hell you want. How mm. about the fact that there's a straight line route across the world and nobody's ever completed it yet? What do you mean a straight line route across the world? Apparently. Uh, the world's longest straight line overland is located entirely on the northern hemisphere. It's eight thousand four hundred forty-three miles, crosses nine time zones and eighteen countries and pe- territories, and connects the Atlantic with the Pacific Ocean. The line crosses the following countries: Liberia, Cote d'Ivoire, Burkina Faso, Ghana, uh, Niger. Chad, Libya, Egypt, Israel, the West Bank, Jordan, Iraq, Iran, Turkmenistan, Uzbekistan, Tajikistan, Afghanistan, and finally into China. Uncle Stan. Uh, the line in Google Maps looks anything from straight, but that's because it does... Looks like a sad face. That's because it's sort of doing the curvature of the Earth and everything. But when if you, if you look at the line on Google Earth... Uh, you'll find the line truly as straight as it could be. Uh, and it is basically just a straight line 
across like as much as the world of mu- as much of the world as you could possibly do without going on a boat. Hang on a minute, I don't understand. What's the point of it? Somebody's just drawing a straight line on the on a planet on the, on the on the map. It's supposed to be just like the. It's basically someone got bored and, and did what Stefan usually does and decide, screw it, let's see what I can do with this. And they went on Google Maps and decided, let's see what the furthest straight line you could actually travel on the world is. And it oh, turns out it's this. All right, I've, 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 right, okay, I've got it. But new subject, Star Wars, right? How does a stormtrooper go for a piss? <laughs> They've got that codpiece done, they unbutton the codpiece from underneath well, and lift it up. Yes? Are you sure? Yeah, because there's details of the armor. If you go on the 501st Legion website, you can see the details of the armor and the actual spec of the armor. It's a removable codpiece. School, it's a removable codpiece. <laughs> and the, the way under, underneath their thermal clothing that's meant that's meant to help with like dispersing the temperatures and blast radius and all that sort of stuff of the um, laser bolts. But I think it's legitimately designed so that you can go for a piss. So, so hang on a minute. The whole point of the Emperor, right? Let's get this correct, right? The whole point of the Emperor was that he he wanted Darth Vader to kill him, and then his spirit would go to Darth Vader and be, he would come become invincible. Is that correct? Because you know this last film where he wants the last Ray to kill him, right? And then she becomes his spirit goes into her and she becomes like the thing is is that was that the whole point? Is that why Vader failed because he couldn't kill him? He couldn't kill the Emperor. Does that make sense? It makes sense, but it's not so much. It's sort of, he, he wanted to transfer his spirit into a new host. It's basically, he was getting old and his body was failing, so he wanted to transfer his spirit into another body. It's 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 basically like a ghost possessing you, I think is the type of thing he was going for. He was going to possess the body of Luke because he wanted Luke to kill him originally, didn't he? And then it became Ray. He basically wanted a young host that he could possess and use their body. And then eventually, when that one got too old, he would do the same thing again. I think that's what he was going for. Right, I see. He needed a vessel for his spirit because mm. he knew he was going to die eventually. Mm. Very interesting. Anyway, has everybody left? <clears throat> no. Has everybody got no yeah. Okay. Everybody's there. It's just Jordan's on a time delay of 10 minutes. Ewoks. <laughs> There's no answer there. Jordan. What? Hello. <laughs> How are you? Fine. What's the Are you enjoying the match? Meh. Sounds like it. Is it... Are you watching MSLF? Is it an exhilarating football match? Not really. You hey, sound G- so G- excited. Have you, have you been doing a voiceover for Asda? No, I no, no, seriously, there's, a, there's an advert on the radio, right? For Asda. I don't know what I, he's honestly, to say, by the way. Honestly, thought it was you. The guy who's saying okay. it, you know what I mean? Honestly, I thought it was. It's got the street like mincy voice. I thought I'd share that. Is that Uncle John? <laughs> Yari J. Yari J. Oh, I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. Aye. <laughs> anyway, oh, anyway, man. listen, uh, is everything all right? I, I better go back to these dogs, okay? So I'll be up at seven o'clock, boys, running through the woods with the dogs. And no, he's not a werewolf. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he have somebody's had a heart attack and we're drinking at the weekend, and that was me. <laughs> Especially if you're waking up at seven a.m. to run with dogs after having that much vodka and coke. Exactly. 
Exactly. Who was them chocolates? What are they? Oh, no, it's tea. Tea. What? It's tea. <coughs> it's my collection <coughs> of tea from Taylors <laughs> of Harrogate's. Okay, boys. Enjoy. Jordan, you Hello, Andy. Aye. Live long and prosper. Aye. Okay. I'm wearing my 5 a.m. mission to the space. Mm. Aye. Okay. Can I pull this out of here? Sorry. What's it just done? <laughs> Fucking. <laughs> All you heard was fucking. I can't fix that now. What is it like? That was the microphone. You've unplugged the microphone, so now it's using the internal microphone from the computer, so it's going to sound like a jet engine for them because it's going to pick up all the noise from the laptop. Oh, what, just put, put a posture back in. It doesn't reconnect. <laughs> I don't understand what you mean. <laughs> It's fine. I thought it was my headphones. No, your headphones are down here. All right. It's fine. Sorry, boys. It's all good. Jesus. Uh, <laughs> I need to teach you how to use this technology at some point. Yeah. Oh, God, Carl, teaching. Uh, no. Who do you think it is? Do you think it works for the school or something? Uh, I think my audio quality will probably have went down the drain now because of that. A little bit. Yep. Just a bit. Uh, can you hear the aeroplane? No, no but no, yeah. we're a mm. bit distant. We're waiting for it. We're waiting for it. Hold on a second. I'll move the laptop closer to me. How's that? No reference. <laughs> right. Oh, well. This is me now. Oh, no, he's taking off. <laughs> he's off to Australia. Fire. Oi! <laughs> I'm off to Australia via Oi! I'm off gonna, to Australia via America. You're gonna get shouted to Australia. <laughs> to be fair, I'm pretty sure if I was the pilot, people would be going, Oi, where the fuck are you going? Especially with that book. Yeah. Well, we've hit the two hour mark, so shall we call it a night? It's, it's just where we usually end up. Yeah. Well,. <laughs> We didn't have any technical difficulties the entire way through, so there's the technical well, difficulties. Apart from your dad, um, Jordan left. Uh, yeah, apart from the fact Jordan left, and everybody keeps on burping into the microphones. Jay Jordan. And Dad. Jordan. What? Love it. Are you okay? You seem pissed off today. No. No, you're not okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm fine. Okay, tell that your attitude. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Hey, we'll love you, buddy. Well, are you here to us? Hi, I got, I got fuck all back from that. <laughs> I've always said oh, I hate you all. Hey, right, well, good. This is why we're not racist because we hate every country. Exactly, and that's egalitarianism. Especially each other. <laughs> That's because we're going over with each other. If you'd like to sponsor us, please go yeah. to the sponsor us. Fuck's sake. If you'd like to support yeah. us, please go to Patreon. Yeah, move away from your mic. That's taking off slides. Yeah, pencils off the microphone. Taking off side? What? Taking, taking off side? We're taking off side now, are we? Fuck's sake. Wait. Patreon.com forward slash taking off air. Facebook.com forward slash taking off air. Twitter.com forward slash taking off air. Instagram. 
Swept aside productions. Hey. Because we can't just be normal. <laughs> and we are we are on Twitch now, which which will be Twitch. Twitch.tv taken off air. You guessed it, it's all taken off air. Because we need to find a new naming convention, but we're too fucking lazy. <laughs> if you want to uh, make any complaints about us, please email info at sweptaside.org. <gasps> we named something differently. <gasps> Taken off air is the podcast, by the way, so that's all wrong. <laughs> I know, yeah. Taken off air is meant to just be the podcast. It's swept aside production for everything else, and we were meant to get different names for everything. Woo-hoo! We've just been yeah. too lazy to name all our stuff. The Holy majority shit, of. Jordan's alive. <laughs> Jordan's happy. Yeah. It's because it's time to go oh, home. Scored, the um, the majority of stuff. Oh, that's why. Still time to lose the match. Let's look at Cardiwell. And Jordan yeah. had a good game. <laughs> but yes, like I said, look, one... look out for more stuff because it's not all taken off air. It's not all going to be associated with a podcast. We are planning on reaching out to do other stuff. Except, anyway. Well, like I said, if you want to complain, please make all your complaints and comments to info at org to an email address we all have access to, yet we ignore. Can I make a complaint about your microphone? Why? That's exactly why. <laughs> Stefan! Do you find it well, satisfying, Stefan? No, you're being weird. Yes, John? Stefan, do you want to know a miracle? Joel Linton gone. Yes, John. What? <laughs> well, there wasn't going to be a goal, was it? Well, no, but... Thank you for listening to us. We'll see you next time. I'm checking the fucking webmail that we've got now, just to, f- just to say fuck you, we do check it.